the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, it's a Monday, and I'm back, and I'm not sunburned. Everybody was surprised that I wasn't sunburned. Of course, they didn't see me on Saturday. Saturday, I was sunburned. Can you still see the the line here on the side going by my ear? It's white. Who couldn't see the catfish belly across the side <laughs> of your head? It was great weather down there. It was amazing. We left Saturday at 6 o'clock in the morning to make the trip back, got here at 3.30, and when we had left, it was almost 90 degrees at 6 o'clock in the morning. It was uh, being forecast on Saturday in Panama City uh, at the beach there to be 95 with a real feel of 104. I come up here, there's rain, and it's 62 degrees. It was like 33 degrees colder here in in Arkansas. I was, I was stunned by that. I knew it was going to be cooler. There was no doubt about that in my mind. But uh, I didn't expect it to be 33 degrees cooler. All right, we got a great show today. Uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, supposed to have a uh, special guest coming in. LaShannon is supposed to be here from the community Health centers waiting for her to arrive. They've got a special uh, event coming up that we wanted to talk about. Start the show off at two thirty-five. A uh, uh, a guest will join us by phone, and uh, we'll talk about. Well, there's a there's an eight hundred pound gorilla out there as far as topics go, and it's called uh, Supreme Court nominee uh, Kavanaugh. And we're going to talk about uh, all of these innuendos that have been put out and that he's guilty. With, uh, you know, bef- he's got to prove himself innocent or he's guilty. Uh, I didn't pull a piece of audio today. I should have, I guess. But uh, there was a, a person who said, and I can kind of uh, get in here and where was it here? It was Michael. It was somebody on. It was uh, Joy Reid's guests saying that a claim against Kavanaugh should be sufficient to force him out. Say what? A claim? Because somebody says something is enough now to keep you from, in in this guy's instance, uh, being a Supreme Court justice, and, and, and in any other instance to keep you from doing something i mean i'm sorry what 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 happened and we can talk about this with robert later and we will talk about it with robert we're going to do a whole hour on this i would i could do four hours starting at five o'clock and go to nine what the hell happened to innocent until proven guilty doesn't exist for the democrats unless you happen to be a clinton or a kennedy or whomever and 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 then you're innocent even though you are proven guilty. that's exactly right Ab- exactly right completely 
I mean, it's like, we got to listen. We must believe all these women. They didn't believe Paula Jones. They're not believing uh, Broderick or Willie or any of them. They didn't get the same treatment. Screw you, you hypocrites. I mean, I'm I'm just sick of what I've been watching. And I'll be honest. I, I got to be, you know, I, I always tell you, you know, the my honest feelings about subjects because I got to believe there's a lot of you right now that think exactly the same way that I'm thinking, and that is this. Thank God people didn't think this way back when I was in college. Look, I'm, I'm not proud of it, and neither are probably the women that were involved with it. But they knew they were complicit. They weren't preyed upon. They were complicit in what used to be called youth, youthful, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Folly. Tran- yeah, transgressions or whatever. I mean, come on, let's be. Any of you who have been a member in this, the 60, I go back, you go back probably before, but I'll just do it in my time frame, into the early 70s, and we're in college, and we're a Greek, you're part of a fraternity. You can't tell me that things, these drinking games that we're hearing about, and everybody's going, oh, how, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. You know, it's like they didn't exist until Kavanaugh did it. I'm telling you, they were worse back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I did, This is, I'm glad I'm bald-headed now that I shaved my head because I couldn't take the pain of pulling out what remaining hair I had. Just pulling it out. Could not stand it. It is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Look, when I was in college, I saw women that crawled out of mixers because they couldn't walk. I saw, you know, sorority women going with the fraternity guys and, and heading back for after party time. And we all know what that was all about. And it wasn't just alcohol. They were so smoked up and doped up, it was ridiculous. And it, and the whole thing is, everybody not be pointing fingers at everybody, talking about how disgusting and, uh, you know, lascivious and, and whatever all that was. Just remember, when you point your finger like that, three three fingers are pointing back at you. There's a lot of you did that and worse. And there were things that were done with, uh, you know, fake penises and all kinds of stuff. And uh, mooning people. Remember mooning? That goes back to the 50s. I mean, if you moon somebody, for God's sakes, you should never be a Supreme Court justice. Let us all get a grip. 
There are things that we have all done in our lives, and I don't know if Kavanaugh did any of this stuff. I just know people are coming out of the woodwork saying that he did, and they can't prove it. Well, I have. I like this last lady. What's her name? Sanchez or something? I don't have her name in front of me. Who who says, I have holes in my memory because I was so intoxicated. In other words, she was drunk on her butt. She was taking part in a drinking game. She even admits it. And she says, I think they picked on me. They made sure that I was the person that had to take the drinks all the time. Well, let me just ask, did they duct tape your arms behind your back and duct tape your, uh, you know, your ankles together, uh, take a strap, strap you to the floor, pry your mouth open, put a funnel in it, and pour the alcohol down you? I doubt it. I'm assuming you willingly consumed the alcohol. And very, and as far as I know, very few people go into those type of parties not knowing what those type of parties are. And she can't even be sure that it was Kavanaugh, supposedly, that dropped their trowel in front of her. Beat my head against the wall. You who are pointing the finger. You, the Democrats in this, you are so guilty of tearing down a man. Shall we all spend a little bit of money and start prying around in all of your all's lives from when you were in college? Should we do that? What might we find there? Would we find some youthful indiscretions? Did you lose your virginity when you were 20 years old? And because some guy could talk you out of your pants and whatever, that hashtag me too, he, he took advantage of you? You, aren't, you weren't responsible? People aren't responsible for their decisions? Please. I don't know about you, Russ. I'm just glad I'm not go up for some high almighty office or something and then somehow everybody now is supposed to be, uh, you know, as, as pure white as ivory uh, soap, as, as clean. White as the driven snow. I was just going to say, as white as the driven snow. Because you know what? And I tell you, people who are Christians and understand the forgiveness of Christ understand there's none of us, none of us did that. He didn't rape a woman. He didn't do anything. You know what he did? He might, If he's guilty of it, he drank too much, and, you know, he tried to see if he couldn't get some nookie. Can I say? Well, I'm telling you. You say, but Dave, how can you play it off? Because you th- people think differently now than they used to back in the day. I'm just telling you, it was different. It was different, and it is it is wrong to try to to uh, uh, judge somebody 
definitely by the mores of today and not of the mores of the time. Period. Period. I'll argue that point till I die. I mean, that's my biggest thing about people saying, well, they own, this person owned the slave or whatever back in the time when slavery was uh, legal. Pay okay, him he five did. billion dollars and get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, they owned a slave when slavery was legal here in the United States. Is that something to be proud of? Probably not. Is it something that we should say everybody's name uh, that had a, was a slave owner at the time when it was looked on as being nothing more than personal property should have their name expunged uh, from history? And that's absolutely wrong. Yeah, I want the family property back from the carpetbaggers that yeah. took it away from Just, me. I'm just saying, if you're going to judge Kavanaugh on what some women say, let me just make some phone calls to some of my old fraternity brothers say, let the the hounds loose from when I was in college. I'm just saying. And uh, let the dim gas write all kinds of stories about how ugly Dave Ellswick was because he was a skirt chaser and a drug user. I, first person to admit to it, put me, hashtag me too, I guess. It's Dave Ellswick Show here, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, 8230965. 8230965. Unless you've lived a perfect life, and I only know one person who's been able to attain that. I don't see how we could confirm anybody to be a Supreme Court justice or, uh, you know, a president of the United States or anybody. Yeah, I just don't see how you can do it. It's, it's just, it's just not possible. It isn't, isn't possible at all. And because of, of, of that, we need to all keep that in mind from now on. Just the way it is. By the way, if you've been trying to, uh, Dial us up on uh, Facebook Live. We are down right now. Our equipment busted, and we uh, cannot get it back up. And it is not cost; uh, it's cost prohibitive to fix it. We are working on a different way of doing this, and I'm going to have to sit down, put my head together with with Russ and and uh, the two of us uh, sit down and talk about it and. Uh, we're looking at a thing called Amiibo and, and see what uh, we could do with that. If it works, then uh, we'll we'll start getting on uh, uh, Facebook Live again. It won't be as nice as the way we had it before, but we'd be on where people could see uh, the guests and hear the guests and people can could uh, all across the Fruited Plain, as they had been, take part in the show. I, re- I didn't tell you this, Russ. The person who was in the room next to us at the resort that we were in, I was sitting out and talking to him. I forget what his name was, but he was from Akron, Ohio. And I was talking with him, and he's going to be a part of the show here in the future. He's he's a Midwestern guy. He worked for Goodrich uh, until they went out of business and uh, and left uh, or, or just moved out of Akron. And now he works with another company. Uh, and, and, and doing very well with it. And I'm talking to him, and uh, he says, where are you from? I said, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. He says, oh, really? He says, there's, 
I listen to a talk show host in Little Rock, Arkansas. You you know where this is leading, right? <laughs> he says, uh, a buddy of mine tells me about this guy and that he last uh, in 2016, he was saying that Trump was going to win the election. And I thought that same way, too. And so I put on uh, the app on my smartphone so I could listen to him. I said, really? I said, uh, what was his name? And he says, it was Dave something. And I said, I bet it's a guy I listen to. And he says, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, who was it? I said, Dave Ellswick. He goes, that's the guy. <laughs> I started laughing. I says, well, hey, it's, it's, it's nice to meet you. He says, well, what's your name? I go. Dave Ellswick, and he about died. And we sat outside uh, in front of our rooms talking for about, it had to be an hour and a half, two hours. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. But he <laughs> he listened to the show. I thought that was funny. I asked him if he'd watched it, and he says, nah, I don't do that Facebook stuff. <laughs> so like a, he's 66, he's a year older than I am. And that was, that was, that was a quite, that's quite the story. It was quite the story, to be honest with you. All right. We got news coming up bottom of the hour, coming up in the uh, next half hour. We'll have a gentleman join us to talk about Kavanaugh. Uh, in the uh, three o'clock hour, it's the debate you've been waiting for. Tim Jacobs will be here. State Senator Alan Clark will be here and they will debate the term limit bill that's going to be on the ballot coming up on November 6th. And uh, they'll try to convince you of their particular side. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock, Conduit News will be on with us. And at 5 o'clock, Robert Steinbach will be with us. And we're going to talk all things Kavanaugh during the 5 o'clock hour. And I've got a bunch of audio for you to hear along with a bunch of information that I'm sure Robert will have for us as well. Don't forget about uh, Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They've done a lot of big changes. Their new 12th Street location being made into a state-of-the-art facility. Latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. Next month, we're going to have a lady on or a couple from uh, Horton's talking about their mastectomy department that they have. Uh, If you've lost your breast because of breast cancer, uh, they can help you out with the prosthetics and prosthesis that you need. And they have a new area for all the privacy and comfort while you are fitted. Uh, it's all because Horton prides itself on their patient relationships by keeping you happy, which is their number one priority. Remember, six locations with the new updated facility here in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Brian Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. It's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. All right, let's get to the news, find out what's going on. Uh, The latest, I'm sure it'll be something about Kavanaugh or it'll be about Rosenberg, uh, one or Rosenstein, one or the other. But let's find out which one it is. All right, they didn't say that I could use it. Uh, So I won't say who it came uh, from. But I was sent a, a text just a moment ago, which I love. And I was talking about, of course, all these attacks on Kavanaugh and being glad that I'm not up for confirmation for Supreme Court because I'm just telling you, I'll be honest with you, I was a skirt-chasing, 
big drinking, pot smoking Greek back in the early 70s. Uh, and and I, I will also say that the women were complicit as well in those types of actions. But now uh, they could, you know, they could just sit up and say, well, you know, he plied me with alcohol trying to, to take my virtue from me and uh, hashtag me too. He's guilty of doing this stuff. And I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm, I'm telling you up front, don't put me up for the Supreme Court. President calls tomorrow. I'm going to have to tell him, no, I cannot be on the Supreme Court. Uh, but here's what was written to me. It says, Dave, a Republican gets frisky with his high school date, career ruined. A Democrat drowns his date, serves 50 years in the Senate. I like it. Let's talk to uh, Alex Wilkes here on the Dave Ellswick Show, talking about Judge Kavanaugh and uh, what's going on at these uh, nomination hearings. Unbelievable. Uh, are, Alex, how old are you? I'm 29. No, 20, you're 29 years old. Okay, so I'm, I'm 65. Do you think what I did when I was 18 to 21 should be looked through the prism of the mores of 2018? Well, look, I mean, certainly times have changed. Um, but I think in this case, what troubles me more um, is that we're looking at accusations that happened over 30 years ago, and there hasn't been significant corroboration of those. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, when we look at uh, someone who is up for the highest court in the land, someone who, um, you know, is going to have a lifetime tenure, we certainly want to appoint only the best people, people with sterling reputations and, and you know, many, many years of, of judicial experience, which, of course, Judge Kavanaugh has. Um, but, so, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's valid to take a look at claims from the past, which is what I think Chairman Grassley was trying to afford Dr. Ford um, through this extended hearing process. Um, but this has really just turned into a delay tactic, I think, on behalf of Senate Democrats. And we're seeing uh, a very troubling erosion of due process standards and certainly journalistic standards. Now, here's the thing that bothers me, Alex, is that I, I sit here and I watch the way people are acting. He drank a lot. He got drunk. There's this, late, this one, the secondary, the secondary person comes up and says, I have holes in my memory because... I was drinking that night, okay? So she went to a mixer or something, and she got plowed as well as everybody else did, all right? that that There's an old saying that if you can't remember the 60s, you were probably there uh, because of all the partying, partying that went on and in the 70s and things of that nature. And I, I don't think that's changed all that much even today. What's changed is this high road now that is given to anybody who makes – some kind of decision on their own now they can say well they plied me with liquor you know i mean she admitted the second one that she went to the party she played a game i was spinning a bottle or something and if the bottle landed on you you had to take a drink she's and guess what it kept landing on me and well i i had to drink more than everybody else and i'm i'm hearing this and i'm hearing democrats talking about see they used her and i want to i shaved my head just so you know alex so i'm bald because I look better bald than I did with with hair. And I'm thinking, you hypocrites. 
I'm a, how many of them who are sitting there listening to these these testimonies could undergo not you know just put out there if you if this person wronged you somehow you think you were wronged they gave you a little too much to drink and uh, and hit on you or something how many do you think of them could go through that type of microscope and I say none. Well, I think certainly if uh, drinking in college was a disqualification for the Supreme Court, there'd be very few nominees left. You're right. Um, You know, college is about, you know, independence and freedom and exploring, um, you know, certainly new subjects in in school, but becoming an adult. And, um, you know, I think that if you go past these Supreme Court hearings where this started, Uh, was actually under the Obama administration through a provision called Title IX um, in the U.S. Code. And so what they were trying to do is they were trying to address sexual assault on campus. On its face, a noble cause. Of course, we don't want to go back in history to when sexual assault victims were treated in a demeaning way by the legal system. Um, That would be equally as wrong as Mm -hmm. what is happening now to Judge Kavanaugh. But so what the Obama administration did is they said, well, we don't think that the police and the, uh, you know, normal adjudicatory processes are are doing well enough in this arena. So we're going to set up our own system on college campuses for adjudicating these disputes. So when there's a, a claim of sexual violence, we're going to make sure that the person um, goes before a tribunal that maybe includes some professors, includes some counselors, uh, uh, some students, and that's how we're going to uh, determine and solve these disputes. Well, I mean, there are a lot of problems with that, as you could see mm-hmm. on, on its face. Um, but, I mean, I think chief among them that if there was, if there, if there was a sexual um, you know, if there was a sexual predator on campus, he doesn't belong in a disciplinary hall. He belongs in jail. Uh, and that's something that these, you know, these tribunals that were set up on campus by the Obama administration are just unable to do. And I think that what they've really sussed out um, over time is that these disputes in college are messy. They're messy because of alcohol. They're messy because memories and judgments are impaired at the time that they happen. And so, you know, these, these, uh, you know, these incidents as, as tough as they might be to talk about and to, and to, um, you know, participate in, they, they belong in a court of law. They belong in a fair tribunal where both the accused and the accuser are accorded due process. It's the only way that we can get to as close to the truth of the matter as we can uh, in these situations. And so I think that, you know, this, you know, the, the Obama administration's actions on campus are, uh, you know, are related to what's happening here because essentially what Democrats are doing and what the media is doing in some circumstances is they're saying you need to accept at face value the words and the memories from 30 plus years ago um, of people who at times cannot corroborate their stories with other people or other sources. This, this needs to be accepted on its face. And if you don't accept it on, on its face, then you're against, you know, survivors of sexual violence, which is just certainly not true. Um, and so I think that this is where we are right now, and it's a really troubling place to be. Well, 
I thought we had learned our, learned our lesson with the Duke lacrosse team, and evidently we have not. I mean, the, the Duke, uh, yeah. there's a, a lot of similarities in what's happening. Well, that woman would not have, uh, you know, made that up. Oh, yes, she did. You know, I mean, it's just, and, and you remember how that played out in the public for months, absolutely months, and it destroyed some young men's careers. It's, it, it's unbelievable uh, what happened there that people just can't remember that far back. It's not that long well, ago. I'll, I'll uh, remind you that that whole proceeding at least went through the legal channels. Yes. And the DA who pursued those charges uh, was later found to have committed prosecutorial misconduct, mm-hmm. and he was disbarred. So this is, again, we're, we're looking at a situation where the, the court system did what it was supposed to do. These are fact-finding tribunals. You know, the, the accused has the right to due process. They, they have the right to, you know, to not incriminate themselves. They have the right to be heard before a jury of their peers in these criminal matters. And when we t- start stripping away these rights out of, you know, I think some misguided, um, you know, some misguided uh, attempts to protect victims of, of, of sexual violence, that is certainly, I think, uh, something with good intentions, but we could see the results of it. We have to do better when it comes to, you know, helping the victims of sexual assault. But the way to do that is not to to strip the accused of due process, a very precious right that we enjoy here uniquely in this country as opposed to other places in the world. Are you stunned? I'll ask you one more question before I got to take a break and I'll come and bring you back for a couple extra questions. And that is, are you are you stunned that there are senators that are sitting on this uh, judiciary a committee that honestly believes that the FBI should get involved? Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, because, look, I think that for the Democrats, this is turning into a political inquiry and not a fact-finding inquiry. All right. where Chairman Grassley is, you know, is coming at this. And, and look, and, and certainly from my perspective, too, uh, you know, this isn't a partisan thing. I think where Chairman Grassley was coming from is, is okay, this is this has come up, let's hear this out in a fair and open and honest way. And Democrats have been the ones that have been throwing the, the roadblocks up ever since they they denied uh Republicans access to this material in the first place, that they held on to it for for so long. Um so, you know, they are the ones that are throwing up the roadblocks. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think that in terms of, uh, you know, whether or not the senators believe that the FBI should truly be the person or be the, the, the organization that conducts this um, this investigation. And there are a host of good arguments about why that would not be appropriate in this case. This is, you know, I, I think that for them, their motives are different. Um, and so it's, it's difficult to analyze why they would think that way. Um, from an objective standpoint. Well, bottom line, I believe the Democrats are doing everything they're doing for uh, the politicizing it completely. And, I mean, the the senator from Hawaii, I, I think it's Hirono, is that Hirono, who? Hirono, yeah. Senator Hirono. Who, who, who wouldn't even say that Kavanaugh had the presumption of innocence, said that That's women just exactly. need to be believed. You know, this, is, this has become... Just absolutely insane. I feel like I'm, I'm having a flashback on acid. I'll be honest, Alex. When we come back, let's uh, let's talk 
a few more moments. I appreciate you giving us the time. Alex Wilkes is our special guest. We're talking about the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. we got more coming your way right after this. Got nine minutes left here in the uh, 2 o'clock hour. Coming up next hour, do we need term limits? We're going to have it on the ballot on November 6th for the state. We're going to make it part of the state constitution, or we're not. And uh, we will have a pro and con person into the studio during the 3 o'clock hour, and they will discuss why you should vote one way or the other. And we'll take some of your calls as well. Don't forget the number, 823-0965. Our guest, Alex Wilkes, and we appreciate her for joining us today. Alex, just I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, you don't have a Swami hat on or anything like that. How do you see this playing out? First, do you think Ford is ever going to testify? Well, I mean, the, all of the indications so far is that she's going to, but we also know that there have been a number of um, there have been a number of uh, delays and and changing conditions. Yeah, caveats yeah. Uh, that have uh, that have affected this process. So I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that that will happen. So. Um, you know, I think that that is something that would be important to um, key senators like Senator Jeff Flake and Senator Susan Collins would be to hear her out. But, of course, we've heard from these senators, too, that they, uh, you know, they, they want they want a fair tribunal, but they want a speedy one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, more delays uh, caused by Dr. Ford's team aren't necessarily going to, um, you know, sway them. Uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, meaning it's not a deal breaker for them in that respect. Uh, so I think that that's sort of where we are with the hearings right now. Okay, so uh, let, let's take two scenarios. Ford comes, she uh, she testifies, Kavanaugh testifies after. Uh, what do you, how do you think it plays out? Let's say both of them are, are very credible uh, as they sit in front of uh, the Senate. How, how do you think that plays out? Does Kavanaugh continue on? You know, I thought that Senator Susan Collins, um, she actually had uh, what was a great quote about this whole process, which was that, you know, in this particular part of the hearing, which is now um, sort of an extraordinary part of, of the uh, of this whole process, um, that Judge Kavanaugh's words shouldn't just be judged against what Dr. Ford says, although that's certainly important, um, but they should be judged against the uh, they should be judged against the totality of what he presented to the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, this includes the massive document release that came from his time in the Bush administration, the over 1,200 questions that he answered, um, including uh, questions that were submitted after the fact by senators, and he gave written responses to. Um, He has really put himself out there, uh, not just in the Supreme Court nomination, but in the multiple FBI background investigations that took place for the various positions that he's held in the past, including staff secretary to the president, which is a very sensitive position, one where you see every piece of paper that goes across the president's desk, all the way up to his time on the D.C. circuit. Um, So, you know, it's not just one day. Uh, I think that will um, be on the minds of Republican senators who um, will be looking to vote this out of committee. And then for an up and down vote in the in the full Senate, I think that they're going to be looking at his 
his statements and his candor um, as it relates to the entirety of his record, which I think is a fair is a fair judgment. Now, not to, not to say that Dr. Ford's uh, testimony isn't important, um, and that should be certainly judged on its face um, in terms of of uh, you know her credibility and, and what she has to say and any new evidence that she brings forward, but. You know, the evidence or the, the you know, statements from the people uh, that, that Judge Kavanaugh, uh, you know, uh, was friends with at the time who have denied that this happened, um, you know, including his whole judicial record and his, his record as an employer, as a father, the coach, the mentor. These are all things that will be taken into account. All right. So I think that he, he gets the necessary votes, though. They'll be close as far as. Uh, the committee then goes before the full Senate. Do you think the full Senate that will get maybe those three, two, three, four Democrat votes? I mean, Don Lee and Manchin and you know, High Camp and those folks. Do you think that they vote for him as well, just because of uh, you know political survival? Um, you know, I think that certainly before these allegations came forward there was a strong chance that we were going to be able to get the three democratic senators who um, voted, who voted for justice Gorsuch. Um, so that would be, uh, you know, we, we'd be looking at senators like Joe Manchin and Heidi Heitkamp. Um, I do think that, I mean, it, it was always going to be difficult to tell where they would fall on this since Chuck Schumer was really trying to hold the line on their votes, but they know that this is an important vote to the people in their state. Um, and I think it's important to remember that people who um, voted in 2016, you know, almost a fifth of them cited the the Supreme Court as the main issue why they were voting. And those people vote, you know, broke for President Trump heavily mm-hmm. as compared to Hillary Clinton. So, you know, in a place like Missouri and West Virginia, I think that those results are even more exaggerated um, that many people are invested in the Supreme Court. And I think given, you know, the Democrats politicization of this process, that has also um, galvanized Republicans in the state um, where, you know, Republicans would warn, you know, or or we worry about um, uh, diminished enthusiasm in a midterm election, I think that, you know, Republicans are sort of waking up and they're seeing what's going on. So there, that, you know, it's not to say that people like Joe Manchin still don't have a lot on the line and their constituents, um, you know, are very much in favor of, of this nomination. It's to say that they could use this sort of as a, as an easy out, uh, an excuse, if you will, um, and so that's where I think that, you know, we might maybe it means that we we lose all three. Maybe it means that we get, you know, two or just one of them to, to cross, um, you know, to cross the finish line. But whoever we can get, I think, will be, um, you know, a welcome addition. Alex, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for folks that want to check out your all's website. What is it and where should they go? They should go to AmericaRisingPack.org. All right. We appreciate you, Alex. Thank you very much here on the Dave Ellswick Show. America Rising Pack, P-A-C, uh, dot com. Coming up, it's the uh, debate you've been waiting for, the debate about term limits. Senator Alan Clark against Tim Jacobs right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 3 o'clock hour, several weeks ago, we told you that today we would have a, a give and take about the term limits 
proposal that's going to be on the November 6th ballot. It is issue three. Uh, it's to make term limits, uh, well, we'll get into it in just a moment. Exactly what does issue three say? And uh, in the studio right now, Tim Jacob is here. He is on the pro side of issue three. And uh, State Senator Alan Clark is here to uh, take on the con, take on the uh, we're against uh, issue three. And uh, I flipped a coin, and uh, Alan Clark won the toss and deferred. <laughs> and it's protecting the goal uh, to the left side of your radio. <laughs> On the right side of the radio is Tim. He's going to be the first. Uh, we're going to give him time to talk about this issue first, a little bit from both of their perspectives, and then they can start questioning each other. And uh, then I'll let you know when we'll let a few listeners get in as well. A two three zero nine six five is the local uh, number. With that, let's turn it over to you, Tim. And uh, you have been... Uh, the lightning rod so to speak for issue three you've been out there really drumming the drum for this why is it so important to you well not as much as i used to be but uh, but i have volunteered to come back uh, and the reason i'm here is because i think term limits are reasonable i think they're healthy i think they're good for representative government they're not a panacea but they're a vital first step to have our government be more representative uh the people of this state have passed term limits into landslide elections in 1992 and 2004 and i don't know if i would have been involved in this issue again but i couldn't sit by and see the voters of this state steamrolled like they were in 2014 with an unethical ethics amendment that was purposely deceptive it was designed to fool voters and i just couldn't sit by and see that happening so i've tried to let people know what happened in 2014 and right now we uh we are trying to get on the ballot we've been on the ballot but we've been sued by the biggest lobbyist in the state and I believe that the voters deserve a right to vote on term limits. They've already said yes twice to term limits. And I think term limits needs to be designed by voters, not by the legislature. And what happened in 2014, I mean, good people can disagree about term limits, and I'm sure Alan and I do disagree about that. But everybody can agree that voters deserve an honest ballot title and voters deserve a right to vote on an honest ballot title that's the least we can do for the voters of our state all right state senator alan clark well they do agree they do deserve to vote on an honest ballot title uh i voted against or i should say i didn't vote to put the uh uh, ethics amendment on the ballot was going to vote against it and i realized those of us who uh who did vote against it uh would have postcards out immediately uh, in our next election that said that uh, we voted against the ethics amendment, uh, campaigned against it. Uh, I am I have not went back to look at the uh, uh, numbers, but I my memory is that Garland County, my home county, is the only county that did not uh, pass the ethics amendment. Uh, and not because I didn't support what was in it, because I did, I agree with Tim. I, I didn't like the way it was done. Uh, and one of the things that we do agree on is that we both support term limits. I don't support extreme short-term limits. I, I worked on term limits back in the 90s. It didn't take long for me to figure out once I was in the legislature uh, that the House was especially, the Senate not as much, the House was especially hurt by short-term limits. The Senate not as much because most Senate members, unlike myself, start in the House. The 
but this, uh, w- besides the fact that I think this is terrible legislation, the other problem that I have with this uh, amendment, Issue 3, uh, is it's also deceptive. Uh, I've got the same problems with it that I had with uh, the ethics amendment and that it says restoring term limits. And uh, Tim and I had this conversation two years ago, uh, and it doesn't restore term limits. It, it, do, uh, it doesn't say that. But, well, your, your uh, page uh, on the Internet says that. Uh, it says that it restores term limits. It was sold as restoring term limits. Everywhere you go, that's all the people who put it on the uh, – who gather signatures talk about restoring term limits. Uh, leading – uh, uh, people that lead conservative groups in the state uh, uh, thought that it did that and did not know anything about a 10-year limit. Uh, I watched a 30-minute YouTube video uh, of you speaking to a group uh, and uh, never once did you mention the 10-year limit. Uh, and I think, uh, again, I thought this, uh, I know that the six years in the House is too short. Uh, everyone that had six years and eight years changed them except for Michigan, uh, and we don't want to be like Detroit. Uh, but the but the 10 years is just uh, – uh, th- there's more problems than that, but the 10 years not only decimates the House, it decimates the Senate. And it makes the people's branch the, the weakest branch uh, of government. Uh, the go- the voters what the voters really want and one of the reasons they they jump at term limits uh, the same reason we would jump at ice cream uh, you hear term limits is because they want government reform uh, but there is no branch more important to governmental reform than the people's branch and major reform will never happen as long as we have uh, our representatives not there long enough to know what's going on not there long enough to find where the bodies are buried. Uh, and major reform takes time. First, you have to find out what the problems are. And a lot of times you can't uh, – to get things done, I found that out when I was on the quorum court, uh, is that it takes it takes a, one session, two sessions, three sessions to, to build the momentum to get, uh, to get the people behind something to actually get it, especially when it's major, uh, and to overcome the obstacles, to overcome uh, the bureaucrats, to overcome the lobbyists. And you also can't do that when you have – Freshmen who who know nothing and are being whispered to uh, in a whisper campaign uh, and have no no value have nothing to base their decisions on except what they're being told. Uh, so it's not just what you know; it's that that you have a third of the house always uh, that come in green and and don't know who to believe. Well, I I tell you, I just I can't believe that the president of the United States is limited to eight terms and he's or to two terms eight years and he's supposed to know where the bodies are buried so uh, using your language but the representatives from the house of representatives um uh, representing a, a county or two in Arkansas can't do it in 10 years. The governor's listen, limited to eight years. The lieutenant governor's limited to eight years. The auditor is limited to eight years. There's no reason that the legislature now under our amendment would have the longest term of any state official. It's it's plenty of time to do it. And we think that those – the people that uh, – you mentioned that, that uh, you really don't know what you're doing the first term. I didn't see – anybody introducing legislation that says that that freshmen can't vote if they don't know what they're doing did uh, you're certainly not saying that about yourself did did you know what you were doing your first term did i know what i was doing uh 
did you in your current job do uh, your first year did you have nearly the idea what you were doing that you have now? let's not equate business with government because it's Why very not? it's totally different no because no, yes, have you is. ever served in government so but while you since you're going to give us an expert opinion have you ever served in government? i have not served in government okay so do you know tell me which legislator tell me which former legislator Mm-hmm. Okay, because I've talked to numerous former legislators who have no have who have no desire to run for the legislature again, who are only interested in this state. Okay, can't find one that supports your position. Well, I can. Okay, well, Phil Wyrick supports our position. Okay, so you got Mark one. Ribel supports our position. So you got two. Randy Bryant supports our position. You've got three. Okay, you got three out of. Out of hundreds. Let me tell you what's more important than legislators supporting our position. The voters of Arkansas have said in two landslide elections that we should have strict limits, not longer limits, strict limits. And those, I mean, in, in 2004, 75 out of 75 counties said no to the legislature. I think it's time that we respect their vote and respect their opinion. And I, one of the biggest problems that we have in Washington today, and we have many, and a lot of them are ideological problems, And but one of the biggest problems we have is we have a group of people in Washington that have not accepted the results of a national election two years ago and it's a problem because it it undermines the whole basis of 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 politics in this country and of fair play well we have the same thing going on in arkansas for 25 years the legislature and the lobbyists have not accepted the will of the voters on this issue we've won two landslide elections we deserve to be on the ballot this time and we we just need to listen to voters and respect their opinion that's all i'm asking is let's just respect the voters opinion and if you disagree and i know good people disagree about this if you disagree let's go to the voters explain what it is that what didn't happen in 2014 that was a that that was a steamroller of the voters that was a deception purposely deceiving the voters put pay increases on page what 12 on and put and put a term limit extension that wasn't named in the ballot title on page 16 term limits is arguably the most popular amendment in Arkansas history. It's won two landslide elections. It's time we just at least respected the voters enough to ask their opinion. But you talk about everything but what, but what the law does and, and how it actually works. All right. Can I hold you right sure. there? And we'll come back after a break. Our guest, uh, you're going to hear from him in just a moment, State Senator Alan Clark. And then, of course, Tim Jacob is here. They're talking about term limits. Uh, Tim is for... Uh, the state senator is against. Uh, the issue comes up before you, the voter, November 6th as issue number three. All right, we're talking about issue three. That is the term limits issue that will be on your ballot come November 6th. And uh, we have the side four, which is Tim Jacob, side against, which is uh, uh, state senator uh, Alan Clark. And we left off with the state senator ready to uh, begin a, a new line of inquiry, and we'll turn it over to him. Okay. Well, I want to say again that I support term limits, and I supported the eight years and the six years when we passed them in the 90s, went out and worked for them. It didn't take long uh, actually serving uh, to find out that we had made a mistake in making them that short. And when we compare that to president or governor, we compare apples to oranges. Uh, we talk about people who are working full time and have that have huge staffs versus people who don't have staffs or working part time uh, that have full time jobs. The and if we when we talk about popular vote, I mean what we need to talk about is policy. We talk about you know popular vote 
then you're saying that Hillary ought to be president. Uh, and so that's that's hogwash. What we need to talk about is what should we do and what should we what's the right policy, and then we go out and, and talk to people and convince them. When I go out and talk to people, they turn exactly from the position where you're at to the to the exact opposite from where you're at. I didn't have four hundred thousand uh, dollars of dark money uh, to change people's mind, but I mean we should look back at con- the Continental Congress, which first met in 1774 and met through 1779 uh, which happens to be 16 years by the way uh, when they when they passed and signed the Constitution and had we had six year term limits James Madison the father of the Constitution uh, would not have uh, you know what would we have uh, but 35 men served from 1774 to 1789. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Patrick Henry, Alexander Hamilton, and James Madison are some of those. Uh, the Revolutionary War itself lasted eight years. And that you keep saying 10 years, the fact is the vast majority of the legislators would only serve six years. Uh, but, you know, and you come back, you talk about six years. The fact is people want an experienced pilot, they want an experienced doctor. And we, you know, we want new blood. But right now, under under this law, the ever time that that the House meets in an uh, ever odd year when we meet in a new session, the average experience will be two years. You will have one third that have zero years. You will have one third that have two years, and one third that have four years. And it is terrible for setting policy in the state of Arkansas. And and. To be, it's like you know, back in the '80s, I support prayer in schools, but some people that were that I'm allied with and people that I like back in the '80s came up with the, a movement to put prayer back in schools. And Pat Boone was in Washington. I remember listening on the radio, and they had a national prayer law. And to my horror, it was actually a prayer that that they were going to pass a law that everybody had to say this same prayer every day. I said, no, that's the establishment of religion. You can't tell my kids what prayer they have to say and that they have to repeat a prayer every day. And so there's a difference between supporting term limits and supporting this terrible law. And like I said, you don't want to talk about policy and you don't want to talk about law. You want to talk about popularity. Well, lots of things are popular. My opponent was popular until I went out and had the time to campaign against him. But we and to and to change people's minds, and so just throwing and that's why that's why we have you know Madison, the father of the Constitution, you know went back and studied. Okay, you know from from what I have seen, you're not a fan of representative government at, at all. <laughs> well, let me uh, show you that right there. California is hamstrung by their. Sp- California's hamstrung by their spendaholic legislature. Thank God for the citizens' initiative process. If you really want representative government, abolish the legislature. Now, I've been told that you said that's taken out of context. I don't know how that's taken out of context, but but Madison was very concerned. He went back and, destro- and studied the democracies that had failed, and they failed from direct representation uh, from instead of instead of being a republic uh, and. So um, you talk about popularity. We we need to have people who who study things, who take their time, who have cool heads, uh, and and so that we don't just so we don't rush to judgment because we have a popular term. And let, let me let me respond to what you've said. Uh, you mentioned that your opponent was popular until they had the election. Until until I spent 
14 months campaigning and changing people's minds. And what happened during that election? What was the result of that election? Were you elected? I was. Well, did you honor that vote of the people? Did, did you serve or did your opponent serve? And the fact is that you served. And that's all I'm asking. We have a contract. With do you, the pe- no, but, no, no, no. Uh, I didn't you, interrupt you, Alan. I didn't interrupt you. Well, you did when I first started, by the way. But, but go ahead. We have a contract with the voters in this state. When we put something on the ballot, we have to listen to what they say. We've had two landslide elections. You've made your case, and if the legislature really believed what you just said, and I, I think you believe it, but if the legislature really believed that, they would have, as a whole, campaigned for that. But they hid it in the 2014 amendment. They hid it. It was deceptive. You've admitted it was deceptive. That's why you were against it. But this is what needs to happen. If you want to make that case to the voters, and I think it's very healthy what we're doing now, we're finally talking about term limits. Voters didn't get that opportunity to hear this in 2014, and it was a tragedy for the state. Because one of the things that we have to do is we have to give the voters a chance. Nowhere at the polls did it say that you're going to extend term limits nowhere at the polls did it say that you were going to triple the the pay of the legislator and what voters need to know is what they're voting on and if the legislature has a case to make that they need more money or they need longer terms make it to the voters and let them decide because that's the that's the contract we have with voters in our state that's what fair representative government is and are you done because that's all you talk about. You you never, let me make the point again, you never talk about your amendment. James Madison said, it is our reason alone that must be pl- that must be placed in control of the government. Our passions must be controlled by it. And all you do, all you do is appeal to passion. All you do is go back and say, look what they did. You want to pass an amendment that will be in place 50 years from now, 100 years from now, that is terrible law, that will never be changed, and that you've written to, to, to where when people figure out that it uh, – that it is terrible law, that it's almost impossible to change. And, oh, yes, it, it's exactly. not possible at all. Uh, well, unless somebody goes, has somebody outside the state with, you know, with a, with a big pocket of deep money that, that wants to play with politics in Arkansas, yes, it, it is almost impossible to change it. And the, or, or want to bring people in to gather signatures from out of state uh, that are paid. Uh, that's never what the citizen uh, uh, ballot initiative was, was meant to be about. So, uh, so again, instead of talking about policy and how it works, all you want to talk, all you want to do is try to inflame people. And, and so, let's come back to this about legislators' salaries, which, by the way, you didn't address. Yeah, one minute is this the salary uh, uh, commission was by the way was the the best I thought was the best thing in there. I fought all of it because I didn't think it was done in the correct way. But but most of us uh did not receive any more money and I think you know that. Did not receive any more money than we did before. I you're looking at me you want to look? I mean, are you not a, are you truly not aware of that that uh, you know, I drive 20,000 miles plus within my district, and I could go on uh, over all the expenses and was receiving uh, $14,000 plus in expenses, and now I pay all of that out of my pocket okay, and pay taxes on that. Uh, and so when you net it out... Most of us are uh, most of us are no better off than we were before, and, and it was a salary commission that decided what the salaries should be. All right. 
We'll come back after we take a break here on the Dave Ellswick uh, Show. We're talking issue three. We'll have more information and your calls when we return. All right, gentlemen, I've got some questions that have been sent to me. But before we get to those, Tim, we want to come back to you, give you last uh, statement about what uh, the state senator has said. Uh, Senator said that uh, there wasn't much of a change in pay and uh, and that he doesn't like the the term limit that – that we're doing now and it's it maybe is more reasonable the one that the legislature steamrolled through but the fact of the matter is that if you're going to change the pay of the legislators you need to ask the voters if you're going to extend term limits you've got to ask the voters that wasn't done in 2014 and it has to be done there's no reason that the legislature needed to deceive everybody and it's just another reason for term limits if they're going to act like this behavior is important we expect more we expect more honor out of the legislature all right with that said uh i'll I'll, I'll push this one to the state senator uh you have even admitted that you didn't get behind issue three a few years ago because you didn't like the way it was done is that correct the ethics amendment correct okay all right says why do you think our legislators felt it was necessary to actively deceive the public in order to get term limits uh, they want it passed when they knew the overwhelming majority of Arkansans didn't support longer term limits. The, you know, it, it's not going to fit in any thirty uh, second sound bites. But you know, I wrote a column on it. The having been there, uh, part of the problem, uh, anything that Tim is unhappy with and people are unhappy with, they need to remember happened with a sh- very short term limit legislature. Uh, Everybody that was there was under the the short term limits, and uh, forty forty uh, something freshmen in the house, and uh, the and there were a few people that engineered this bill, and the and it came up ethics amendment. We had we fought, uh, we were worn out, fought on Medicaid. I was a freshman. We fought through uh, Medicaid expansion, uh, which took all the oxygen out of the room. Uh, they brought this up, and it was ethics amendment. And really, the the thing was, it wasn't that the majority of the legislature wanted to put it on the ballot. It was that everybody was told that you vote against you vote against the ethics amendment, and people want it. Uh, you're going to be in trouble. And I don't. And I don't think that that's entirely wrong. I think uh, you listen to some of the reason out there that if. If the ethics amendment had been defeated, some of the same people that are angry now would have. And, and he said, "Well, I voted against it because it had this term limit thing." And they're, "Oh, you're just saying that you just didn't want ethics." Uh, sometimes there's there's just a no win proposition, uh, but and that's why you, you come back and just take the right stand and and go on. But again, when you're dealing with freshmen, it's a lot easier. Uh, it's a lot easier to run over them uh, than not. Uh, and uh, so that's what I saw happen was again that there were that it was a few people. No one actually thought it would pass, uh, but it was a handful of legislators that uh, that wanted on the ballot and wanted to fool people, and the others uh, were afraid to vote against the ethics amendment. We had a similar thing on a vote American uh, bill that I had to stop personally three times. That was really just a big union bill, uh, but because of the title, uh, it, no one would stand against it. And uh, uh, those things happen. All right. I think you have to have the courage to stand against a title. With that reasoning, everybody should have voted for the Affordable Care Act. Uh, We have to stand up 
we know how legislation is written and we know how legislation is named and that's one of the problems and and you're just talking about that problem but you've got to stand up with the courage and just it wasn't just a handful of people that voted for this a vast majority of the house and senate voted for this unethical ethics amendment so we the people of this state deserve better the voters of this state deserve to know what they're voting on when they go to the polls, and that didn't happen in 2014, and that's why we're here today. But, but Dave, but back to my point, all of them served under the six years and eight years, uh, and so I mean, and that's the that's the lunacy. It's just like you know the socialist. You, you know, you say point to a country where it works. Well, we're just not doing enough of it, and so uh, that's the same thing that we're doing here. Is that you come back and they they will rail about? Well, you know they deceived us. Well, if they deceived us, this was mostly freshmen. This was mostly brand new people, and so you want more just like it. Or they'll come back and say, "Well, look at these people that uh, that committed crimes." Well, all of them were under the six year and eight year, and so you want more of that. It seems to me that my position makes a lot more sense that you need a few people there that are more experienced, that have the ability to stand up and to lead others and say, hey, you know, we don't have to go along with this stuff. We can stand. And uh, and, it, and then, of course, you get to the more important thing, that long-term reform, long-ter- long-term reform uh, only comes uh, with uh, experienced people and with some things – uh, and with time to figure out what needs to be done and to get it done. All right. We've got Travis with us. Travis, thanks for waiting so long. You're up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Sure. A comment and then uh, maybe a question. <clears throat> the comment is, I uh, haven't received any dark money. I'm a volunteer that has been involved in this effort since uh, 2014. I actively opposed Issue 3, and I've been involved in collecting uh, volunteer signatures in 2016 2018. I've talked to probably four to 5,000 Arkansans from all over the state. And it, while there are some who uh, think erroneously that uh, elections are term limits, then basically over 80% of the people want the term limits that have existed from 92 until 2014. And uh, many of them, half of those want one term. And to me, it's real simple. The people of the state want these term limits that have been in existence for a long time and the the elected officials and the lobbyists do not want them and seemingly will do anything to uh to get uh get longer term limits and i guess i just my question is to drill down a little bit on the senators vote or not vote on this issue i think only seven senators and representatives voted against the ethics reform amendment. Some of them didn't vote, but the vast majority voted against it. But I, heard, I thought I heard the senator say it was because of the title and the concern that if you voted against ethics reform, you'd be beat up by your electorate. But that sort of testifies that the thing was deceptive from the start. So why didn't enough people have enough courage to change? To do, Why did you put this out the way you did all right travis i'll let you listen in and uh you know state senator uh, clark again the uh, what i have said before is if you pass this then you get more of the same uh you have you get more of the legislature just like that one i mean what what have you changed because those people for the most part are gone uh you've got uh uh, 45 people elected in 2010 you've got 12 returning 
uh, uh, 41 elected in 2012. You've got 20 returning, which, by the way, is another argument. Uh, you've got a, a, a solution in search of a problem. Uh, and so, again, you don't like what you you don't like what happens when you have all new people, and then your answer is to have all new people. Uh, that's that's incorrect. No, it, it it is. You may not like the when it's laid out logically, but it is exactly correct. Yeah, it's not correct at all. It, it is correct. Now, this is what I want. I'd like the voters to be respected in this state, and that did not happen, and it needs to happen. If you're going to call yourself a representative of the people, you need to represent their views. And that's the most important thing for any representative. It's not the – we don't expect you all to be experts. We really don't. And, and I have more respect for legislators than a lot of people that I've talked to out there across the state. I've known them. I know they work hard. They take time away from their family. But nobody, but nobody respects what happened in 2014. And the voters of this state deserve much better than that. And we need to give them a chance to vote on this issue. It's important that the voters get to make this choice. And that's what I I really dislike. And I I just can't sit still for voters being steamrolled by an unethical ethics amendment and a ballot title that doesn't even explain it. Well, but that's not completely true, because immediately after the election, I had a compromise amendment, which I introduced, and you can go back and read, uh, because, again, I didn't think it was right, and and so I came back immediately, and I called Bob Porto, uh, and he said, we're not interested in anything. Check with him. And uh, uh, put me on a polygraph if, if my word's not good enough. Uh, but but I was the one that came, and I went to, oh, and it didn't do me any good to try to work with the legislature if I if I couldn't get you guys to move. So, Wait, so you never contacted me. I didn't. I didn't you know never, you. Okay. I, I, Bob was the one I knew. Okay. Okay. So Bob's the one I called. Well, just don't. Okay. And Bob, Bob said he talked to you. I no. mean, well, I'm just telling. He came back to me two or three days later and said. We're not interested. But, but uh, no, I, he's but, never said that. But, but, but I'm just telling that. that's who, and you can check me out. That's who I am. I tried to come back with something uh, that that was a compromise that would that would make sense for everyone. I would and, be glad to work with you any time that we are going to present a honest ballot title to voters. So if you want to work on something like that, then we're going to talk to the voters honestly, and we're going to put on the ballot exactly what this amendment's going to do. I'd be glad to work with you. And I and I have been uh, talking to the legislature uh, and working with the legislature, and I think it's important uh, uh, when this fails, uh, I think it's important that we come back, because I, I, I told them then, and I tried to work with you guys then uh, that we come back because uh, I don't blame the voters for being angry. Uh, they but should I, but, be. but it's the wrong reason to pass an amendment. It's a wrong reason to change the Constitution forever and to do it wrong. All right. Coming back to the phones, let's get Tom in. Tom, you're up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I, I wanted to, uh, first, I, I, I wanted to say that I, uh, like Travis, worked on this campaign I also talked to many, many thousands of folks who have signed this petition, some of them who didn't. Uh, and I wanted to touch on just a couple of things. First of all, uh, Senator Clark said early on in this discussion that people don't really want term limits. What they're asking, and I'm paraphrasing, what they're asking for is government reform. Senator, this is completely false. These folks want term limits. They don't want career politicians. They believe you guys need to be changed out frequently. Who do you think 
and after I get off, you can answer this question. Who do you think should decide how long you guys get to stay there, the voters or the legislators? Right now, we have term limits by legislators for legislators. And I'd like to comment on one more thing before you answer those, which simply is you just said a few minutes ago, if I heard you correctly, that if term limits passes, talking about the dishonesty of the 2014 amendment, you said if term limits passes, we're going to get more of the same. Are you saying that if term limits passes, we're just going to get more dishonest politicians who are going to lie to the voters? So I'll just sit here and listen. But uh, the uh, main thing I want to point out is, for a fact, these people are not asking for government reform. I can tell you, they brushed us aside to get to those petition sheets. We told them that we're trying to uh, end the era of career politicians. That's what the voters want. They want term limits. They've said so twice in overwhelming numbers in the statewide elections, landslides. In 2004, 75 out of 75 counties said no to the politicians. So, Senator, they're not asking for government reform. They're asking for a form of the legislature. They don't want career politicians, and they think you guys need to be changed out. All right, so, Tom, I'm, I'm going to jump okay. in and because um, nope. you're starting to repeat yourself. I'm going to stop you there. He'll let you you want you, was part of yes, that you want to I, answer. I want to ask I want to ask Tom what a career politician is. What's the definition of a career politician? Mm-hmm. Any answers to that, Tim? What is a career is politician? A career, Somebody that a, that is in politics for a career, I would imagine. Okay, okay, because that's the question we keep. Everybody keeps saying we want to do with, away with career politicians, and I have found that a third to a half of the people that really support this think that it term limits Congress uh, because there are no career politicians in Arkansas. Uh, the you right now in the House, uh, the longest that anybody is uh, is has served is eight years. Uh, and uh, going on ten years this next time, uh, the those are you can't be a career politician in Arkansas. Y- you can spend sixteen years in the House now under the unethical ethics amendment. And you can spend up to twenty two years in the Senate under the unethical ethics amendment. To spend twenty two years in the Senate, you, you know the moon would have to be full. And the if Jason uh, Rapert gets one more two year term, he does it. Well, I'm just saying the fact that one person out of 135 served 22 years. That's just one example. Well, well, but you can't come up with other examples because it's just it's stretching it. Uh, but because there's just there's no lifetime politicians here, and people are thinking that that it's that it's limiting Congress, and you know that they're thinking that it's limiting Congress. Uh, well, you should know it. Uh, but and you should tell them no. And, and a lot of people who ask the petitioners uh, were told that it limited Congress. I, I, I I'm not going right. to that, take a break. That's ridiculous. When we come back, I got uh, Robbie first, and then uh, Devin has a question, and I have a question. It was written in. We'll try to get to all of it when we return on the Dave Ellswick show. Talking about issue three, term limits. It's on your ballot, November sixth. I hope by the time we finish up today. You, You'll have uh, some of your questions answered. Tim Jacobs with us and, of course, State Senator Alan Clark. Robbie's been waiting in Maumel. Robbie, you're up, and how are you today? I'm wonderful. Hey, uh, I'm for limited government, and I'm for freedom, so therefore I have to be against the term limits. Uh, The gentleman just said that Jason Rayford will be serving 20 years if he gets elected again. 
Well, the reason he is is because the people of his area have hired him. And what you're doing is if you pass term limits, what you're saying is you're saying to people, well, we don't care how good your employee is. We don't care how bad you want him to stay there with you. We think he's worked there long enough. So therefore, we're going to pass a law that says you can't hire someone to work for you. That is cruel, cold-blooded, it's anti-freedom, it's anti-what America stands for. We have a right to hire who we want or don't want. And if you don't like who the people in the area or the business have hired, you go somewhere else. Or you show that you're a better employee and you go do it. We have term limits already. It's called the ballot box. And you go vote. And if you don't like the people who've been voted in, well, it's not that person's fault. It's the voters' fault because they're the ones who've chosen them. The people who say we got to get the bums out of office, well, when you get those bums out of office, the bums that put those bums in will just put other bums in. So you're not fixing the problem by doing term limits. And it's anti-freedom, and people don't have a right to tell me who I can and cannot hire. That is wrong. It's anti-freedom. Have a good day. All right, Robert. Thank you for your call. We're down to just about five minutes left. Yes? Somebody was saying, go ahead. Well, I just residency requirements uh, uh, restrict billions of people from the ballot. So we we have limits on a lot of things. Term limits just limits one person away. But what term limits really does, it's not a limitation on voters. It's a limitation on politicians. And that's the most important thing. I think it's healthy. I think it's reasonable. But the biggest reason that we need term limits in this state is because the voters have not whispered it or said it they've roared it in our state before we need to listen to them we have a system of government that voters have the final say and the voters of this state have said yes to term limits in two separate occasions and what we'll have come november is we're going to have a choice we're going to have a choice of a of a term limit amendment that's issue three that is close to restoring exactly what the people did with three minor changes. And those minor changes is we, the first change is that we are going to have to grandfather some candidates in because they're going to be on the ballot at the same time uh, others are going to be on the ballot uh, or this amendment's going to be on the ballot and we don't want to void the voters vote so we're going to have to do that because of the fraud perpetrated in 2014 the second thing is we never had a overall legislative limit before but we do we'll compromise and have a limit it's going to be 10 years it's longer than the president of the united states longer than the governor lieutenant governor and all the constitutional officers in this state it's plenty of time to get things done and the third thing is the third change in the original term limits is that we are tired of fighting the people that are supposed to be representing us we're tired of fighting them on this issue if they want to change it do it the way citizens change it go and get your ballot title approved by the attorney general and get voters to approve it we're going to have a choice in this election between two things of a term limit amendment strict real term limits or a term limit amendment that is now what we're under that has been sponsored by a convicted felon that's what we have in our state now and that's the law that we're we're abiding by right now we need to change that vote for issue three all right Two minutes left, and we'll turn it over to State Senator Clark. Dave, we have the fifth strongest term limits in the country. The Unfortunately, people, uh, including Tim, uh, when you're not there working on it and seeing uh, how long things take and how big some of the reform, you know, I was in my third year when the, when the, the eight Stanley kids in Garland County were taken. 
and uh, wrongly taken from their parents uh, and kept for 100 days. And I was behind the scenes screaming. It took 60 days, uh, and I had to hold the DHS budget uh, to get them to talk to me. turned out that the law said they had to talk to me. And uh, it took 21 months to uh, of investigation uh, and after, with them circling the wagons to uh, and being told that an email existed that was hidden uh, that showed that we knew we were in the wrong from uh, from the first day. One minute left. And the last session um, in my fifth year, we got some significant legislation passed, but we only scratched the surface. Uh, we will uh, we'll get some more significant things done this time, but uh, it won't be nearly enough. Uh, we're taking children that shouldn't be taken. Grandparents are losing their uh, their grandkids forever. Uh, we're uh, people are are losing their their kids on a, a on a judge's whim. Uh, there couldn't be any more cruel and unusual punishment than losing your kids. I mean, we're violating about uh, four of our amendments, and this is just one of the big issues uh, that need to be dealt with that can't be dealt with uh, by by freshmen and, and short term people. Uh, we need to vote no and come back with something that really makes sense. All right. That'll wrap up our time this hour. I want to thank both of our guests for coming in. The Dave Ellswick Show. All right. My thanks to State Senator Alan Clark and for uh, Tim Jacobs, who joined us. Uh, Tim Jacobs was uh, one of the main uh, movers and shakers on the term limits uh, constitutional uh, amendment that's going to be on the ballot, issue number three. I thought they both did a good job in presenting their points uh, during the show. And uh, as always, the listeners had some pretty good questions as well. If we didn't get to you and you had been waiting, I'm sorry, but there's only so many people we can get to. And I wanted to make sure that our guests both had enough time to present uh, their arguments clearly to you to help you make your decision. And then, uh, you know, if you send us in a question, we had several people who sent uh you know, texts and, and uh, emails. If we didn't get to yours, uh, I hope that through what you heard, uh, both our guests said you found an answer in uh, in that uh, uh, verbiage. Now let's turn our attention to Conduit News. Conduit News joins us at 4 o'clock every Monday, talk about the issues in the state and in the nation uh, that are the big ones. Uh, I wanted to start right off with Joe and Brenda and let's talk about something that is going to come up here in a, in a few months, y'all, when the uh, the General Assembly starts meeting again, because they're going to be talking about ethics. They're going to be talking about uh, corruption that has happened. Uh, we'll be talking about one guy that's getting 18 years in prison, another guy because he he uh, he worked with the feds, isn't getting any uh, you know jail time. He's going to have some home detention and things of that nature. Uh and, and and they're going to be expected to look at all of this and then to basically uh, to police themselves. And so the question becomes, uh, can, as the old saying goes, can the foxes be, you know, the protectors of the hen house? And so I, I just want to start with you all and, and see what you think about that. Conduit for Action has an article, I think it was posted last week, Can the Legislature Police Themselves? And uh, our conclusion is no. The record so far, there's no reason why they haven't been able to police themselves other than they are just not going to do it. 
the Senate has had the rules. There were no complaints filed against John Woods, against Jake Files, and certainly uh, we've had Senator Hendren, for example, cite two inc incidents on both of those where he should have or could have filed a complaint and did not. And now he's going to lead the charge to police the Senate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, by, the, by that same voluntary uh, you know, system. So if you know something, say something. Well, I mean, what's been stopping them? We watched last uh, legislative session as Senator Brian King tried to pass uh, disclosure bills, Medicaid disclosure. If a legislator is doing business with a Medicaid provider, disclose it. If you get a, if you receive over two thousand dollars a year, and the legislature wouldn't have it. Well, I mean, because probably most of them were benefiting in some way from that. I mean, the Medicaid thing is big. It's way bigger than we've been trying to sound the alarm for five years, but nobody wanted to hear it. Yeah, it seems to me the, the, the telltale sign here is as I've listened to a lot of the legislators talk, and you all know I have a lot of them on my show, that uh, the overriding thing that I've heard is that, you know, I, I get along with this person and that person, and we may not agree politically, but, you know, we get along. And it, it seems to me it's awful hard uh, to pass ethics bills, or uh, and, and these don't even have real teeth in them. I mean, it's not like they're, uh, you know, things that are passed down by a a jury or something like that, uh, you know, uh, you know, that puts you in jail or whatever. These are just things that, as far as I'm concerned, are are basic slaps on the wrist and or maybe embarrassments because they say, you know, you can't be part, you can't be a state senator or a state representative because of what you've done, and now you're going to have to leave in shame. Well, that that hurts your feelings and things, but. It doesn't cost lifetime damage as far as I'm concerned. Going to jail for 18 years, like Woods is going to, supposedly, uh, is is a whole lot more stringent. I just don't think they're willing to, to do anything because they look at these guys and they, they think they're friends with them. I mean, that's my biggest my biggest problem here. You're all friends. So, well, well, mine too, Dave, and and it seems like more and more they we have learned we're learning that they are more loyal to each other than they are to their constituents. To the well, or to their principles, them. their principles. They're you know well, they're, let's, they're, let's assume they have them, but you know let's assume they don't have principles. They're still more uh, in tune with the 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 legislators, the fellow legislators, than they are with their constituents because their constituents generally don't dig deep enough to know what they're really doing. Now, what this, what this creates is vote trading or vote extortion where if you, if you know something about me and then I know something about her and she knows something about him, then we can all just be quiet about it if, if you go along with what I'm trying to accomplish here. You know, get on board with a yes vote on X, Y, or Z. I mean, that, that's the way it really is manifested. I know at your three o'clock hour you had Senator Alan Clark and Tim Jacob on, yeah. and I feel certain I know the position of uh, Senator Clark on the issue three uh, term limits, but in, in the article that Conduit for Action has posted on the legislature 
policing themselves. We quote Senator Clark when he was on the radio a few months back, and he said, and we, we know Senator Clark as an honest legislator, but he's talking about uh, his um, colleagues who had been intimidated, a blackmailed bribery, and uh, he was asked if he would file a complaint, uh, you know, or, or he said, no way, in fact, um, I would never name the name under oath. They would just have to put me in jail. I wouldn't name the name. So I think if Senator Clark, even Senator Clark would take that position, how in the world do we expect uh, legislators to file complaints against each other? Yeah, well, it comes down to you need those other people's votes to get your particular bill uh, done. So if you're not playing the game the way the majority wants to play the game, you stand to lose everything that principally you want to try to run through the House or through the Senate. So how do, how do we cure this? That, that, that and I have been, uh, at Conduit, have been wrestling with what is the solution. Good for you. Thank you very much. You just took my next question out of my mouth. So what do we do? Well, I was asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in the paper this weekend, we saw the revelation, at least it was to the public, uh, it certainly was to us, that legislators are freely loaning each other money. And I think Joe Jett's uh, tweet or whatever was excellent. Well, it was pretty sad when a reporter uh, thinks that you can't loan a friend in need money. Um, you know, I don't know that we have a, a bill. That I know now we have a bill that lobbyists can't loan legislators money. But uh, let's just assume it's okay for a legislator to loan another one money. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But disclose it. And so the problem for me is that these guys thought enough about it not to disclose it. And, you know, the other uh, issue begs the question, why are they bringing it up now? And I would wonder if maybe the FBI has shown them some of their records and asked them about it. Maybe they know it's going to come out. I don't know. But disclosure laws, uh, transparency laws, our FOIA law being left alone, uh, uh, Representative Ballinger, hopefully he will not bring up more legislature to uh, hide things from the public. But I think transparency goes a long way. Well, I, I think I've got a solution. It's really simple. Is you're not going to fix people. I mean, people in power are going to do what people in power do, you know, myself and yourself included. But the difference with government is that everything they do comes about by way of force. And if you don't believe that, just ignore them, and they'll come find you, and they will use that force. So smaller government that has less power over the individual, which is the bedrock of our country and, and our you know, main principle at conduit in, in Arkansas, is that, that's the only solution. I mean, people like it because they want their team to have all the power. It's, it's more important to be in power and to be elected than it is to do anything in particular. I mean, the goal is to be in power. And if that is always the goal, then you'll do You'll bend every rule possible to achieve that. You know, ends justify the means. And the people's business get ignored. Well, we've done the math on this before. You know, I wrote that article in November 2015. Uh, the cure for influence peddling in Arkansas is to reduce the size of government. They can steal less if there's less there to steal. Yeah, it all converges. <laughs> you know, it all converges, and it should, seems to me like Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents should all 
be able to embrace that principle and, and let's all do more individual transactions and not have to have the government involved in saying, you, you've got this, we need to take, and we need to give it to them, because somewhere in government, somebody's going to get a piece of that every time, coming and going. You know, the thing that amazes me, Joe and Brenda, and I'm sure that you would agree with this, is how little money it takes to buy some people off. I mean, there's a gentleman's going to do, if he does exactly what the the Fed said he's going to do, he's going to do 18 years for how much money was it? It was just, what, a tad over $30,000? Is that? No, that's Mike Neal's. Okay, um, Mike how much? How much was that? They never gave a number to uh, um, John Woods. I think maybe his million and a half or something like that that he has to pay back times two might be close to it. I mean, I mean what amount does a person need to, to sell do out. that kind of evil? Yeah, to sell out. That, that, exactly right. To totally sell out. All of your principles, it, it just, it, I, it never se- se- ceases to amaze me. Well, there, there's not only money involved, Dave, there's also information. You know, if, if you know this person went into this house at this time for a nefarious reason, or you've got a audio tape of a phone conversation, and, you know, you can get people to do things they wouldn't normally do, for fear of exposure. So so money is one thing. But, you know, there's the herd mentality is another thing. And then there's, you know, personal embarrassment. There's so many tools that big government people have to keep people in the fold, not the least of which is demonizing groups like ours and say, don't listen to them. Don't even let them speak because they're liars. But they don't even have to produce the lies. It, it's just so many tools in the toolbox for evil to triumph. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I want to talk to us a little bit more. We we touched on it, but we didn't address it. And that is, so what should we do? What needs to be done? If the, if the House and the Senate can't uh, take care and police their own business, then who should? Let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, Did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. Well, that's true. And to make matters worse, the federal government tells the Social Security Administration they're actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own. It's no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. So learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from uh, David Lucas, host of the David uh, Lucas Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table. You want to get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. So call, do now, 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. Hey, you know, the folks at uh, Applied Research are still looking for folks to take part in their clinical research studies uh, exploring the safety and effectiveness of investigational drugs 
uh, in patients with various uh, sicknesses and illnesses, uh, diabetes, uh, acne, uh, asthma, testosterone, low testosterone, overactive bladder, kidney stones, and other things. What you need to do is go to the website. It's ARC Arkansas. There is some compensation involved in this. ARCArkansas.com. And uh, when you get there, you'll see all of the different uh, investigations that they got going on. I uh, got pull down menus, pull down the menu and fill out the necessary uh, paperwork. See if you qualify to be a participant and uh, fill out the information form and wait for them to get back to you. Again, that's ARCArkansas.com or call them 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. Also, Russ has told me that on the podcast now, the debate about Issue 3 term limits is up and there for your use and for you to share with your friends and your neighbors. Uh, I thought it was a great hour on term limits and think that uh, you'll be able to make your decision off what you heard from our two guests. How do people get to that podcast there, Russ? Go to their website, 1011fmtheanswer.com. You can type Dave Ellswick in the key search or just look for your page. And once they get to your page, They'll find the podcasts on that page, and it'll be the very it'll be the one that's ready to play. All right, there you, and they can share it, right? They can. They should be able to share it. Yes. All right, there you go. All right, let's get back to our guests. Brendan Joe are here from uh, ConduitNews dot com. ConduitNews dot com. We got two minutes before we get to the news. When we left you all, we were saying, "What can we do? This is going to have to be taken out of the hand of the legislature. Whose hands do we put oversight?" into uh, i have something to say just quickly uh while you were talking about term limits i mean where where did the principle of letting the people decide go does that only work when it's like a tax increase that the legislature doesn't want to vote on and then they say let the people decide mm-hmm. me the issue will be settled by the voters it, it should not be settled by the the courts that's a very clear clean title very clear clean description let People decide. Okay, now let me let me jump in, and since you took up a minute to talk about that, we'll pick up when we come. (laughs) Joe, when we we come back, Joe uh, and uh, Brenda, I'm my first question for you for the next half hour is going to be a simple one, and and that is if we if we can't trust our legislature to take care of policing themselves then who do we want to put the responsibility in the, into their hands? Who should have this? How do we structure this to make somebody have the necessary you know, uh, responsibility for this? So we'll pick that up when we come back. You all relax for about five minutes. We can catch up on the news. I'm sure it'll, either be, it'll probably be about Kavanaugh. I'm kind of expecting that it's going to be about Judge Kavanaugh. So uh, we'll catch up with that. So Joe and Brenda will be back. Don't forget their website. It's conduitnews.com. That's conduitnews.com. And you can read the article of Can the Legislature Police Themselves? You should take a real good look at that. I think you'll agree with what they've said, what I've said, and that is absolutely not. It's the hen guarding the hen house. 
Here's the news. From, uh, Conduit News and their website, conduitnews.com. Don't forget, uh, Paul Harrell radio show, Conduit News, is on from 6A to 8A, Monday through Friday, right here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Uh, you shouldn't miss that show any day of the week uh, just because he brings up a, a lot of great issues uh, and usually very local issues for you uh, to hear about. We're going to talk here locally about a, a, a story that they had out a couple of weeks ago about, you know, can the state legislature, you know, police themselves? We've come to the agreement that, no, they can't. So if that is the case, then let's offer some kind of, uh, of something that the legislature should be looking to do. Uh, who should be involved in this? I mean, the legislature is going to have to do something to make it happen. Uh, what should they be looking to do? And let me just talk. I'm a, Brenda, ladies first. You get to go first. <laughs> well, I wish you were here to see Joe's face. He, he was celebrating. Yeah, I didn't get my minute. <laughs> but I would say that um, the Ethics Commission needs to be restructured, not appointed by elected officials, and have a dedicated funding stream with enough, enough money to do its job and then have real teeth, real penalties, not this 30-day get-out-of-jail-free card where you can go fix whatever you've done. Just, you know, let me know what it was that wasn't legal and I'll go back and change it kind of thing. So I think that would, we, could, we could see a lot there. In addition, uh, you know, I think that the transparency bills that we saw Brian King for the Medicaid disclosure I spoke about earlier, the bill that Linda Collins-Smith put forth that also didn't go anywhere, that denied the ability of attorneys, consultants to represent their clients before the legislature passed bills for money. I mean, that that's a no-brainer. That certainly something like that needs to be passed. And then I'll let Joe uh, discuss the other ones that he and I are like-minded on. Well, I, I think... If we can back up and re-describe the issue more succinctly, it would be disclosure. Uh, we're all for disclosure. And when you try to run a bill like Brian King or Linda Collins-Smith does, that would actually disclose to the public and to fellow legislators the financial goings-on, what you do is you get an opponent in your next primary. That's your reward for trying to create more transparency. So that's can only be fixed by the people. And the people can only be informed like, with shows like yours, uh, Conduit News, and, and others. They, they've got to want to fix the problem. Now, secondly, is do they bring up things that they know are going on even though the public doesn't know about it? That, that's another thing because it seems they want to selectively wait to act to see if it becomes public or not, depending on who it is. Uh, so, you know, does it, what, what are the triggers to trigger something's wrong? Does somebody got to know about it or does it have to become public? Well, if they know about it, then it's incumbent upon them to report it. And then it becomes, like you described earlier, Dave, telling on your friends. And that will never happen well. So perhaps a, a solution as an alternative to Brenda's growing government plan <laughs> would be. Let's have a jury system of a selected, just like a jury selected, and it can be in different like places. Like a grand jury? Like a grand jury, but it can be selected in different cities. It can rotate, 
and then all the facts are disclosed to those common everyday voting citizens and I guarantee you they're going to get a better ethics result than those jackals in, in Little Rock will ever get. I would propose that, that the info be dis disclosed to them through the Ethics Commission that we're going to empower. That one tiny piece will grow government. Well, uh, again, uh, and, and another alternative would be whoever's on the Ethics Commission is the people with the least seniority. Start at the bottom. No, you mean House, on the, House member that the has Senate a, Reform, Ethics Reform Committee is what you're referencing. So I'm saying that you get a seniority number when you get elected after you take in your first session. Whoever's number 100 is on it in 99 and 98, and then in the Senate, 35, 34. Those are the people that sit on this this ethics committee, not appointed by somebody who's beholden to them or can get a favor from them. And lastly, if they would record all votes, including committee votes, that would show a lot more transparency on why people vote the way they do if you can tie it to special interest money. Okay. I mean, I understand you don't want uh, the governor and uh, the pro tem and the Speaker of the House putting people on, quote, uh, you know, the the court that would be hearing these cases. However, I don't know if we use legislators, how we get away from the whole thing of, well, these are my friends kind of things. I, I, well, I think he was talking about using the current system that Hendren has recommended with the Ethics Commission or uh, committee in the Senate. If you're going to police yourself, that's what Joe's referencing. Uh, if, if you must go that direction, use those like Mark Johnson, or hopefully he'll be on... Uh, the newest member. Yeah, rather than those who've been down there long enough. The longer they stay, Dave the more likely they will end up corrupted. I think that's a principle just like power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And those relationships are not as, as deep as, as they would be, as you've described, if it's the first set, uh, session that the, the person just got voted in, that's the guy you want or gal you want on that ethics committee. However, that's assuming you want to go the direction of letting them police themselves. That's the best of that world. Yeah, so, I kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of like the whole grand jury idea. Uh, yeah, where, me and you, brother. You know, they, they come up with a grand jury. They hear uh, from uh, the defense, and well, then it wouldn't hear from the prosecutors, and uh, then they decide if it should go to a jury trial. I think that if these people are breaking laws, that they're taking bribes or they're paying bribes or they're making extra money by, uh, you know, doing whatever it is that they're breaking to, to do it. Then uh, there should be, and at this point, you know, the the legislature has to get involved uh, and saying that there's you got to put teeth in this, and and may, because if there is no teeth, if all that's going to happen is you're going to get gummed to death, you're not going to worry about it. That's right. They're going to just continue to bite around the edges, not do any real reform, just make noise for uh, bullet points on mailers. Yeah, uh, allow public comments to the to the grand jury. And it's just, uh, you know, something is, I think we all agree that unless there's some teeth in this, and I think that that's the whole reason Woods got the type of, uh, of time he got to behind bars if he does 18 years, but the bottom line is, is that that's enough put fear of God into some people. 
Well, if there's not money, uh, we might ask, and I've been very disappointed to see the state not pursue an audit of Ecclesia, that kind of thing, and now finally you're hearing some conversation. There's got to be money behind those investigations. Well, well, there does. It's not been but, funded. But public comment would be helpful because groups like ours know a lot of things that we'd be glad to share. And, and it's not just the corruption of money, it's the corruption of voting for favors that are non-monetary. You know, appointments to committees, appointments to positions that people get in return for certain votes. Jobs. Those are, you know, jobs after they're out of the legislature. These are all things that should be put together by these uh, mechanisms that we're talking about. I do want to bring up, if I have time, just to yeah, go ahead. say another couple of things. Um, the talking points of our uh, Republican leadership seem to all sort of uh, form a pattern, and we've recently heard the Republican Party come out with a nice video that, that said, we're, hey, we're on it, we're taking care of this, the reason you're seeing all of this corruption being cleaned up is because of John Wood's bill that we passed in 2014. And then uh, Bob Ballinger is blaming the 138-year rule of the Democrats and saying now he and Charlene Fide at our, at our county committee just this past week claim credit for cleaning up the corruption that we're seeing. And they said, you know, hey, we're, we're handling it. That's very frightening to me. What about you, Dave? Well, whenever you start taking credit for things that you really didn't have anything to do with in the first place, I think you walk on thin ice. Well, you're, you're talking about all of them. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down much. Well, you don't have to narrow it down. You're abs- it, it, it is what it is. You, you're trying to take credit for something that you have no reason to take credit for. Just keep your mouth shut and, uh, and be happy that the, the corrupt people got caught. Now make sure that it doesn't happen again. Well, I, I think that they're a little bit premature in saying that it's been handled because, you know, it's not just a boil on the skin. It's, it's uh, leukemia. <laughs> well, I, yeah. think, I think it's a little uh, premature to say, look, what we did cleaned up this stuff when it was the feds that cleaned up this stuff. Oh. Yeah, and it's not clean yet, my friend. No, I agree. Like the loans that I'm, I'm, came out this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly about that. But I'm just saying, the feds are the ones that caught people. The state didn't do squat. It's that simple. All right, let's well, take. Well, I mean, Ballinger went so far as to blame this on Paul Bookout because he he was uh, tattling, so to speak, on everyone after he was arrested. And, uh, you know, he was basically saying he was tattling on the system, and, and that's, that's how it happened. But these are the people who are now caught in all of this web who helped bring in the current establishment, the current leadership. And if they want to claim otherwise, they're not telling the truth. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we haven't touched on it yet. Let's touch on it a little bit because I'm going to spend the next hour talking about it, and that is Judge Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court uh, nominee, the man who's up for confirmation, has had his uh, career and his name uh, besmirched beyond belief. Let's talk a little bit about that here next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's go talk to Carol, guys. She wants to uh, chime in a little bit. Then I've got a uh, piece of audio I want to play for you from the Democrats. So let's see. We've got Carol on the line with us right now. Carol, what's up? Thanks, Dave. I hope that clip has to do with Maisie from Hawaii. No. He openly admits that abortion is the issue with uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. But anyway, what I wanted to say was uh, on the previous hour, 
the heart of man, the Bible says, the heart of man is continually wicked. Who can know it? Uh, and our, certainly our founding fathers understood that. And uh, so if they, if they spend six years in the House, they, history says they will run then for the Senate, where they're going to spend a few more years. And they never go home with less than what they went in there with. Uh, it's just it's just man's nature and history, and they figure you know there's a good way they can get. In other words, it's not servants anymore. It's I'm hired by you, mm-hmm. and so I ought to get more for what I do. You know. Yeah. But I want to thank uh, Joe and Brenda, and certainly Paul Harrell for Conduit News. I tell you, they are shining light where it needs to be shined, and it wasn't just the FBI that got them all scared and running, because when the truth comes out, the cockroaches start running, and um, you're seeing that. And so I thank you for your service and what you're doing, because we needed this um, light shined on what's going on down at the Marble Palace very badly. Thank you. All right, Carol, thank you you very much. Appreciate the call. All right, guys, check this out. Here's the Democrats talking about Kavanaugh. Ford, because she's telling the truth, and you know it by her story. Senator Kavanaugh denies being at the party to begin with uh, and says his accuser might have mistaken him for someone else. What's your reaction to that? Well, I've heard, you know, uh, many, many predators say um, and, and refute allegations against them. I think what we need... As I said, I believe Professor Ford. I think she's credible, and I think when the investigation is finished and when she testifies and Judge Kavanaugh testifies, I think a majority of senators will find her credible. She told her husband, this is the trauma she's been dealing with her whole life. She doesn't want to be in a bedroom that doesn't have two doors. And it's going to be about uh, listening to what each party has to say, but I believe her. Do you believe her story? Well, I can tell you it it really does have a ring of truth to it. Uh, I am skeptical of polygraphs, but for those who believe them, uh, she has passed a polygraph test. I believe uh, Dr. Ford, as I refer to her, because she makes a very credible uh, case. People knew that about her a long time ago. She told a friend a year ago. She told a reporter before Dr. Kavanaugh was ever named. By the way, I believe Dr. Ford, the survivor. There's every reason to disbelieve uh, Judge Kavanaugh after his evasive and seemingly misleading responses at the te- at his testimony. Uh, the Senate shouldn't simply rely on hearing two conflicting accounts and decide, well, we're okay with not knowing. Uh, we're okay with the fact that we might be putting a... Uh, someone who committed attempted rape on the Supreme Court of the United States. Jake, I want to be clear that for me there is no debate. I believe um, Professor Ford, uh, Judge Kavanaugh has lied multiple times under oath. These are the hallmarks of truth. These are the hallmarks of someone who wants to be believed. Holy cow. Guilty. 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 Unbelievable. Why should I care what the Democrats think? They've already... Senators who who spoke there that are on the committee should immediately recuse themselves. How can how can any of them state she is telling the truth? They can't they don't know the truth. Of course not, and they, they never recuse themselves immediately. My favorite line in that uh, audio was he he almost committed attempted rape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what now? That's kind of like being a little bit <laughs> pregnant. Commit an attempt. Yeah, it's it's I'm just saying it's it's like almost being pregnant. You know? 
See, you know, the the deal is, the, the uh, my favorite one I wish you had played is the moveon.org because it, it reminds me of the sick cat videos. You know, you get yeah. into it and you're watching, oh, my, I can't, I can't handle it. But, you know, notice how men are disqualified, just like if we're talking about abortion. They're automatically disqualified to uh, voice their opinion on this, especially if they happen to be white and older than 30 years old. And so why don't we just listen to what the women say, and I don't mean the women, women liberals who cannot wait to have another liberal left judge on the Supreme Court and will not live if we have another conservative. But ask your average woman what she thinks of this, Dave, and I would predict the average female would find this some kind of joke. I think you're exactly right. Senator Hirono is the one that's been the most absolutely incredibly ignorant person I've seen in this. She's the one who said that all the men on that committee should just shut up and sit down and let the women speak because they're right. Reminds you of Obama saying, we need more women in control. You see, he didn't put more women in control when he was in control. (laughs) Here's my question is, I still don't know the specifics of the claim, number one. Number two, if whatever that claim is was 100% true, does that disqualify him from being on the bench to start with? It certainly didn't disqualify any of the liberals that did it, Well, and worse. But let let me exaggerate what he just said and how terrible I could feel the gasp of those listening. Joe is saying that because that's what I told him. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, who amongst us is not guilty of being very persistent in our teenage years with respect to the opposite sex? No, oh, I, I did a whole half hour on this, Joe, starting the show off today. I'm just telling you, I'll never be a Supreme Court justice. I'm just telling you right now, it ain't ever going to happen. Well, and, and that's, that's what I'm talking about now. If, 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 if she has got her feelings so hurt that she can't go on, then, you know, she needs, you know, to some therapy or something, but but don't burden the rest of us with it. And, and I'll tell you, the timing is obviously a, a, a white elephant in the room. And I have seen and witnessed, and, and it's true for both sides of the aisle at some points, but if ends justify the means, then what are people really capable of? I mean, mm-hmm. you think about this. If you hated so much Donald Trump or Barack Obama, or it is not beyond people to just totally make up something out of thin air. I'm not saying this is the case, but it might very well be, just to get the ends achieved that you're looking for. I mean, are we beyond lying? Is everybody honest? Are half of us honest? Or is anybody honest in this arena? And what I heard that montage... I mean, I can't believe people will say those things that they say. Now, why do they say them? Well, because people want to believe what they want to believe, and they want the ends which they desire, and they're willing to put up with just almost any bit of uh, made-up or or derogatory statements or demonization that is necessary to get their end, no matter who gets hurt in the process. But the question is, 
are the Republicans going to remain strong enough to not let the Democrats have their way? Because if the shoe were on the other foot, the Democrats would say, no, we don't need the story. We know the results. We're going to vote. And it would be over with. It would have ended last week. I agree wholeheartedly. The Republicans are going to be strong enough to keep this position with this judge. All right, let me leave it with this. A listener sent this to me. A Republican gets frisky with his high school date, career ruined. A Democrat drowns his date, serves 50 years in Congress. With that, I'll I'll, I'll leave it go. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Joe. Conduitnews.com, the website. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right, this uh, just coming in, uh, Robert Steinbach is joining me here in the studio now, as he does every Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. On Friday, Republican Party of Arkansas Executive Director Sarah Jo Reynolds filed a series of formal complaints with the Arkansas Ethics Commission against Democratic candidate for Attorney General Mike Lee as annotated case number 2018-CO-059 accuses Lee of the following. One, failure to file a 10-day pre-election report for the primary. B, a final report for the primary. And C, a March monthly CNE report by the required deadline. Two, Lee accepted an $850 non-money in-kind contribution from a corporation. And three, Lee failed to include the necessary paid-for-by-disclaimer on his yard signs. Executive Director Reynolds made the following statement after filing her citizen complaint against candidate Lee. Quote, the total disregard for our election rules shows that Mr. Lee is not prepared to lead our state as Attorney General, a position that requires immense integrity and application of the law. His failure to fulfill these basic requirements raises serious concerns with Arkansas voters as they decide which candidate is fit to best serve them. So uh, that just happened uh, last Friday, just getting it released uh, today. So anyway, there you go. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I I won't say that that doesn't have something to do with the attacks the Democrats have been putting against the Attorney General about, you know, why was she fired years ago? This whole thing of going back, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60 years is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Unless it's something like, you you know, you're a serial rapist or something. I'm, I'm just stunned by the BS, the, the waste of time that's coming. Uh, by the way, I uh, want to remind you that Thursday is a special day here for Dave Ellswick Show and 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're showing the movie Gosnell at 8 o'clock at the Riverdale Tent. Get your tickets by going to Riverdale10.com and go soon because the theater it's showing in is just about sold out. I showed it to uh, to Robert. I think there's about nine seats left. So uh, we hope that you'll come. We want you to come. It is a story that I'm going to tell you what, the media, the national media, the governor of Pennsylvania, who was at the time a Republican, uh, the uh, higher-ups in, in Philadelphia in uh, politics, tried to keep silent. This was an abortion doctor who killed, uh, was found guilty of killing just a few children. He killed thousands of children. He killed several women. Uh, he is doing life 
in prison now. He'll never get out of prison. And uh, there's no doubt he's a psychopath. So uh, the writer of the book, the lady who produced the movie, will be here Thursday. Ann McGinsey will be here. And I, I'm looking forward to you meeting her. I met her at CPAC two years ago. Uh, uh, just a special woman. The tickets are only 10 bucks. So come on. Come on out and see uh, this movie. And if people keep wanting to see it, and I'm sure they can fill, they can flow it over to some other theaters uh, as as well. So uh, we'll get in as many people as we possibly uh, can. All right. So, Robert, you have gone to law school. <laughs> you have been teaching law. Uh, I have. For a long time you, now. You've been in the world of politics before. You were with I, the, I worked for politicians. You, you, know. you worked for the uh, what, Senate the Judiciary Bush, Committee. With Bush, the elder Bush, right? Well, well, I was in the Senate at the time okay. no, of the junior Bush. Okay. And um, I was in the DOJ of the time of the of Clinton, but I was I was not um, a political appointment. I was a staff. You know? Okay. So as you've watched this latest circus i gotta yeah, that, i gotta say it this that, way that, that's a mild description that, that's going on uh, with the senate judiciary committee that's right uh i just want your thoughts up front yeah i i've got to pause and sigh and take a deep breath because i i think the situation is sad uh look i don't know what happened at this time uh, that is alleged to have these this bad event, this awful event. Uh, either it happened or it didn't happen, or indeed there's some in-between possibility as well. But as a lawyer who believes in civil rights, in due process, unlike the leftists, who, by the way, or have been historically at the vanguard of civil liberties and due process. They're the ones that are pushing for the rights of criminal defendants. And by the way, generally more on the right, more on the correct side than not, meaning they're pushing for, for the civil liberties of criminal defendants, not because criminal defendants are good for the most part, but because one of them might be good. And that's enough that we need to protect all of them to protect the innocent person. And yet when it comes to allegations like this, all of a sudden, and they're quite open about it, it's guilty until proven innocent. I'm sorry, I don't subscribe to that just because the left has turned the law on its head for political convenience. Absolutely not. The burden is to prove that this other, this good man, Kavanaugh, because he's a good man until proven otherwise and certainly has a history of being a good man no less as well to boot which he need not to get the presumption of being a good man this good man is continues to should continue to enjoy the presumption of being a good man until you prove otherwise and so sorry i say to that uh, politician i think senator dave you probably know who it is Hirono. Well, uh, who said who said oh men shut up and, and sit down Hirono, yeah. hawaii yeah 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 uh sorry this man is not shutting up and sitting down or whatever that else she suggested that i and, and people like me should do by the way 
By the way, it's really remarkable. Could you imagine, Dave, telling any other group, be it women, be it pick your minority, pick your minority religion, pick any other group and say, shut up and sit down. All you white people, shut up and sit down. That you can say. That's the only one you're allowed to say. Men and white people. I'm sorry. If it's racist for another group, it's racist for for whites as well. If it's sexist for women, it's sexist for men as well. And so uh, uh, enough with the presumption of guilt on an event that is alleged to have occurred roughly 35 years ago. All right, let's hear from Senator Hirono. This is uh, cut one from what I sent you today, uh, Russ, if you, if you have that. I'd like to ask you to clarify something that you said roughly 24 hours ago over with uh, Jake Tapper. He asked you, do you believe that Brett Kavanaugh should deserve or does deserve the same presumption of innocence? And your response was that you put his denial in the context of everything you know about him in terms of how he approaches his cases. I'm sure you're aware that uh, in conservative circles there is some outrage, some anger at your comment. It's being interpreted as because this is a conservative judge, you're not, uh, you've already sort of made your decision about him as it relates to these accusations. Can you clarify what you meant? Do you believe, Judge Kavanaugh, does deserve a presumption of innocence or not? Look, we're not in a court of law. We're actually in a court of credibility at this point. And without having the, the uh, uh, FBI report or some semblance of trying to get corroboration, we are left with the credibility of the two witnesses. Mm. And I said that I, his credibility is already questionable in my mind because, one, he misstates cases, he misapplies cases. And as I said at his hearing, we cannot have a, okay. somebody on the Supreme Court who does that, who doesn't even get the basics of the law. How did this woman get elected? Because politics doesn't have a litmus test for, for intelligence. intelligence. That's why. <laughs> that's why. It's the okay. Tr- that's the truth. Okay. I listened that. You, right. I just scratched my head. It's like right. Ortiz when I listen to her. I just scratched my head. Well, well, here's the thing, Dave. Each of the words that she puts in a sentence is a is a word, but when she strings them together, it's ultimate. It's gibberish. A court of credibility? What the heck is a court of credibility? That's like a court of bananas, a court of monkeys, a court of uh, space shuttles. Like it's just random words strung together that have absolutely no meaning whatsoever. There's a phrase, a court of justice. There's a phrase, a court of public opinion. There ain't no such thing as a court of credibility. She doesn't have to believe him. If she doesn't find him credible, fine. If she's on the Senate Judiciary Committee, she can vote no. If she in the Senate, she can vote no. But the truth is, A, he happens to be a fairly credible individual, just as a general matter. Now, you can make up your mind on his general credibility. Each individual is entitled to do that. Each senator is entitled to do that. But the notion, she goes, well, this is not a court of law. No, it's not a court of law. Because if it was a court of law, you would have to convict him beyond any reasonable doubt. And all we're saying And you'd here, not be able to do it. Oh, well, of course, that would, that would not happen. Let's be clear. That, that would not happen. There is not sufficient evidence for that, at least that I have seen so far. To be, to be fair, because we have heard neither one of them testify before the Senate yet. So let me reserve ultimate judgment, but we have seen his denial and her accusation. Those alone would not rise to the level of beyond any reasonable doubt. That is a fact. 
Quarter bananas is two pints or the Ninth Circus. <laughs> that, that's right. Exactly. The Ninth Circus. I like that one. Yeah. Thank you, Russ. All right. Let's get a break in, yep. and then we'll come back and talk more. Robert Steinbach is our guest. He is a professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinion is his and his alone. I should have had your friend on. Which one? Uh, was it Paul? Is that who that was? It came on uh, time. We had him on before. Who? What was the name of his buddy who came on? A few weeks back, and, and talked to us. You need to get him. Need to get him back on. Yeah, yeah. This would be a really great discussion at this point. Oh, I, I you do. mean you mean Josh Silverstein? Yeah, right? Josh. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. I, I'd like to hear what he thinks yeah. about what all's going on yeah, here. Yeah, because he's a true liberal. It would be he is. interesting to hear. He is, but he's a civil libertarian. Yeah, as well. it'd be Absolutely. interesting to hear what he has to say. Absolutely. All right, let's get a break in. Don't forget about Aero Plumbing, hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. If you're not one hundred percent satisfied with the service that they provided to you, they will refund all. Not portion, not half, not a third, all of your money. If their plumber swears in your home, doesn't wear their little booties or shoe covers, or they've not been drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service either. And if a repair fails in the first year, they will repair it again at absolutely no charge to you. To find out how to get them out there, by the way, these are the people that I use. I personally use Aero Plumbing. I don't use any other plumbing service. Haven't for... 13, 14, 14 years. I've been living in Cabot now 15, 14 years. That's aeroplumbing.net, aeroplumbing.net, or just Google aeroplumbing. Well, here's the other thing, uh, you know, Robert, that has just blown me away is I've never seen the like of how somebody who levels accusations against somebody doesn't want to come on to this committee or come before this committee and to state their case without all kinds of uh, rules. So Alan Dershowitz, who both of us understand is one of the most liberal Absolutely. You know, justices kind of or law, yeah, professors, law professors out there, right, right. Uh, still, he even looks, he's looking at the left now like they've lost their collective oh, yeah. minds. Oh, yeah. Here's what he had to say. This is cut number five of what you sent to me uh uh, Russ, about Dershowitz talking about Ford's demands. So what do you make of uh, Dr. Ford's attorney's requests for a number of things, uh, security, who's sure. going to be uh, interrogating her, and the suggestion that Mr. Kavanaugh has got to testify before she makes the accusations in public. That is the most absurd, anti-due process, anti-American concept. You testify without having been formally accused under oath. Obviously, she has to testify. She has to be cross-examined, preferably by good lawyers mm-hmm. who can ask probing questions. Then he has to get up and respond and be cross-examined with probing questions. And I do agree with her that they ought to bring in any possible witness, a judge or anybody else, subpoena them if they won't testify uh, voluntarily, and let the FBI continue its background check. That's what it does. But now we have people, Rachel Maddow, some of my colleagues, saying he ought to be criminally prosecuted and go to jail. And even if he's confirmed, there ought to be a criminal investigation and he ought to be impeached. This is what he's talking about. Listen to Rachel Maddow. There's no statute of limitations for a felony like this in Maryland. The reason they have not yet opened a criminal investigation of this matter is because they have not received a criminal complaint. I don't know if it will always be that way. If Dr. Ford ever wanted to pursue it this way, that she could at any point 
make that criminal complaint. Such a complaint could start a criminal investigation, conceivably of a sitting Supreme Court justice, for felony attempted rape. There is no rule against indicting a Supreme Court justice. She goes on to explain that if he does make it through the confirmation process, he should be removed from the bench and thrown in jail for assault. Could that happen? Theoretically, it's never happened in the history of the United States or any Anglo-American legal system that a person has been prosecuted uh, 35 years later. First of all, there's no evidence whatsoever, even under her story, of attempted rape. Attempted rape under Maryland law requires a specific intent to, I have to use this word, penetrate. There has to be that specific intent. Here the allegation is uh, groping, touching, fondling, maybe trying to remove clothing. He has an opportunity, obviously, to deny that. He has categorically denied it. What, what The most disturbing thing is these people who are on television, some people I know and respect. I believe her. You've never met her. You don't know anything about her. She hasn't even gone under oath are, to, to give her story. Are women born with a special gene for telling the truth and men with a special gene for lying. I don't believe her. I don't believe him. I have an open mind. I want to hear both sides of the story and make a determination. That's what the American system of justice is all about. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Dershowitz. I, I love this. Are women born with a yeah. special gene? Right. That means she, right. they, they can only tell the truth and men can only lie? I love it. Well, no, and according to the leftists, they would say, no, Alan, you're wrong. Leftists are born with a special <laughs> gene where they only tell the truth, and conservatives are automatic liars. Don't right. you know how yeah. that works? The same way, leftists have free speech about anything they want to say, but conservatives, when they say things, somehow it's actually not speech and not protected. Now, Megan Kelly yeah. made a great uh, point mm-hmm. about, about this. And uh, we got time to get this in. Here's what she had to say. We don't know whether Christine Blasey Ford is such a victim. Okay? That must be stated. In my view, the Me Too movement does not mean all women must be believed. All women must get a fair hearing. They must be listened to with an open mind. But it is also true that... I believe, is my own belief, that the vast majority of women who come forward with these allegations are telling the truth because they have such skin in the game if they if they do this and it's not true. But, but some lie. And we've seen that. And so let's have an open, sure. fair hearing and let the people make up their minds after they hear her testify and him too. He too is entitled to due process. And, Megan, and, and I, I do want to back up your point there that I think that this, this is also a test of the Me Too movement. Can it be fair to all parties involved? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we go too far and, de- and deny due process, deny due process right. in a case like this where you have a Supreme Court seat at issue and politics clearly are at play because people feel so strongly about issues like abortion and so on that the Supreme Court will weigh in on. What does that do to the Me Too movement? It politicizes it and it diminishes uh, you know, claims coming forward. I, I think that is a real risk, what we're seeing in the next week. There you go. Here's the other thing. Hashtag Me Too, hashtag kangaroo court. Well, look, it, it, if the Me Too movement is to be a legitimate movement, and I think it can be, it's that there should be no tolerance for sexual assault, uh, sexual um, discrimination, all of these uh, types of behavior. But that has nothing to do with the evidence required to come to a conclusion that someone has done that. It's not, oh, uh, that, point a finger, that person has done that. 
still we, we still require evidence. We still re- require due process. We still believe in civil liberties. And so uh, the, uh, Dershowitz is right. But as I said before the break, even more so, what we have heard so far could never lead to a legitimate conviction. Now, we haven't had the testimony yet. So uh, to some extent, I'm premature uh, and I'm not giving you a final conclusion. I'm saying so far, we have definitely not heard sufficient evidence to convict anybody, no less Kavanaugh. Uh, And and so it's innocent until proven guilty. All right, let's take uh, a break. We'll come back after the news. Robert Steinbach, our guest. All right, back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage. You hear RD every Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He's part of the Power Panel. A great small business owner. Brings a great small business owner point of view to a lot of the topics that we talk about because laws have you know, repercussions on business, on individuals, on big business, small business. So we want to give you a, a complete view of that. And if you'll call 982-7451, they'll teach you how recycling auto parts can save you significant money. They have on me. I bought an, an engine. I bought a uh, transmission uh, for a Corolla that I had in 99, 2009, pardon me, 2009 Corolla. And at about 50% off, saved me well over $2,000. And if you need somebody to do the mechanical work, they've got mechanics there at Sunny's Auto Salvage to do it for you. Call R.D. or his crew at Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts, 982-7451. All right, Robert Steinbach is our guest. He's a professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of uh, the Bowen School of Law or UALR. Trey Gowdy, who's one of my favorite guys uh, that's uh, on uh, these committees, and he's a uh, of course, a congressman, and this is his last term. He's decided to term limit himself out. Uh, and, and there's been a lot of people said they'd like to see him be the AG and, and things of that nature. He says he will, won't take it if it's even offered to him. Was uh, being questioned about the, the whole FBI investigation. Just for One you. of the questions Here that uh, Christine Blasey Ford has said is that she would have liked the FBI to do a kind of neutral fact-finding on this. What do you think about that? Um, I'm a big fan of the FBI, uh, Joan, but they don't investigate sex assault cases. Um, there are very, very few federal sex assault cases. So uh, my first question would be the FBI to investigate what? There's no crime scene to process. There are no forensics to evaluate. What the FBI could do is go interview Dr. Ford and interview Judge Kavanaugh. But they've already interviewed Judge Kavanaugh. And even if they did interview Dr. Ford, she still has to testify. So the only role I can see the Bureau playing is identifying other witnesses that may have knowledge. Um, Some of that's already been done by Dr. Ford. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh's defense is he wasn't there, so you wouldn't expect him to produce witnesses. But I I don't know what people expect the FBI to do. They're not human polygraphs, so they can't tell us who's telling the truth. There there you go. Yeah, well, look, the, the Dems are now saying, oh, we have to have the FBI investigate because it's part of this delay tactic that's all this is about yeah look they sat on this this claim uh for for weeks or months and then 
just as the whole nomination was going to go through, they spring the claim. Then they say, oh, we need to delay it. Uh, they want to delay it until after the midterms uh, with the hopes of defeating this nomination. Okay, so let's explain how they think they will defeat the nomination. Yeah. There's a couple of Republicans that are a razor edge. All right, right. Collins. Right. I'm trying to think, what's her name from Alaska? Mikowski? Is right. It, is right. it her name? I think so. Okay, right. who's up in, in Alaska. But you've got... Uh, Manage in West Virginia, Democrat. Mm-hmm. You've got High Camp, mm-hmm. Democrat, North Dakota. You've got Donnelly, Democrat, Indiana, and you've got a couple other uh, Democrats out there that are waffling heavily that they'll vote for Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping by delaying it after, and these folks got reelected, right? Then they don't have to worry exactly about uh, this. They can just. Make everybody, you know, Schumer can get them all to march in order, That's and right. and they, maybe and the are, Republicans lose somebody. And they're also hoping that they can win some more seats in the Senate. Yeah, and so as uh, through a which I don't think is going to happen. No, but uh, they think it will. And every party seems to be somewhat deluded when it comes to any election season that they're going to be more successful than the other guy just because they're better. So they think they're going to get more seats. And what they do know is if it's held today, the vote. They're going to lose. So delay can't make the situation worse for the Dems, and it could possibly make it better. And that's what they want to do. But it's so transparent. It's simply a delay tactic. Mm-hmm. It's this feigned, breathless, um, uh, uh, phony hysteria about, oh, my gosh, we've got to slow down. Listen, we're having a hearing. We're having Ford testify. Uh, pardon we're, me. They've yeah. had. Absolutely. I I meant we're having another hearing, to be clear, in which Ford will testify. Kavanaugh will testify again. The deciders are the Senate. They're the ones collecting the evidence now. They will draw their conclusion as that uh, the senator said, this is not a court of law. No, it's the Senate. And the Senate is a fact-finding body. And so they will determine the facts individually. So that each individual senator can make his own decision or her own decision on how to vote. And if that vote's held today, Kavanaugh wins. The Dems hope they can switch that if they can delay it long enough. I've, I've held this piece of audio uh, because it, it just irritates me so much. I mean, it really does, uh, pardon my French, piss me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is cut number eight, uh, Russ, from MSNBC and a guest they had. Listen to this. The, the, the point here about the fact that she's asking for more evidence can't be dismissed. But it's also the fact that, like, it is so perfect to me. We find ourselves at this moment, the sort of Me Too moment, this allegation happening. And Bill Shine, of all people, Bill Shine, who was unemployable at Fox News because of his alleged complicity in a sort of sexual reign of terror by Roger Ailes, but was hired by the White House, is now doing the murder boards with Brett Kavanaugh behind the White House doors that makes total sense if you're unemployable at fox clearly the white house is going to open their doors to you because that's what they do i mean the idea that these men they've gotten away with everything their entire lives they are elite they are wealthy they are white like that is their mo they can do what they want when they want it with whom they want to there is nothing that dr ford stands to gain from coming out at this moment nothing her life has been turned upside down her she has had to relocate Locate. Tell me why you would do that if you were lying. 
Is she looking for a reality TV show? No, she's not. She's just looking to be heard for the first time in her entire life and taking a huge gamble in order to do so. They're elite, they're wealthy, and... And wait for it. Hold it. They're white. They're white. Yeah. This is unabashed racism. Let me be clear. Now, I realize there are some on the left that will contend that racism only goes in one direction. You can't have racism against whites. You can't have racism or sexism against men. Well, let me tell you a couple of things. First of all, that's just wrong. And I've seen it. Second of all, the law agrees with me. You can bring a case for sexism and you're a man. You can bring a case for discrimination based on race and be white. So it's factually wrong. It's legally wrong. And it's morally wrong. These people who say statements like that, those are racist statements. And then secondly, don't you love, it's a big snark fest with the left. Everything is is snarky. Oh, well, if you couldn't get it down there. Like you don't even need the words, right? It's just, it's like those, when you were a kid and you had that, that flute, right? That goes in and out. I don't even know what they call it. Yeah, right, right. It's just a giant snark fest from the left. I cannot even, it, it, I prefer to hear nails scratching on a blackboard versus uh, uh, the snark fest tone of the left. And then they say, why would she lie? Look, I don't know if she's lying or not. Let me be clear. I what does she have to right, gain? But what does she have to gain? I, right? I can give you a host of reasons why someone might lie. Let me be clear. I'm not saying she is lying. I'm just saying the notion that you could not even conceive why somebody might in the history of humankind lie about something like this makes you either... But there it is. There it is. <laughs> it's there a it slide is. whistle. Yeah, man. a slide whistle. Uh, makes you either a, a, um, a liar or just incompetent, plain and simple. Okay. What? <laughs> Is this MB- Did you turn the MSNBC on? Yeah, was that, did you just are. switch over to MSNBC? That's them talking. That's, That's them talking. There. All right, I heard a, a great segment here. I got to play for you. As you know, Ben Shapiro is a personal friend of mine. Yeah, I really have a great deal of respect for him. A great guy. Have had him on since he was sixteen years old, when which he, is like a week and a half ago. Yeah, right? when he started writing <laughs> conservative uh, columns, right. the youngest uh, conservative columnist ever. He took on Senator Gillibrand out of New oh, York. Gosh. And I want you. Oh, gosh. You're going to love this, what? man. Listen, Robert, listen <laughs> to what he does to her. Here we go. Russ, get the slide. Who whistle. is not asking the FBI to investigate these claims? The White House. Dr. Kavanaugh, or, excuse me, Judge. Judge Kavanaugh has not asked to have the FBI review these claims. Is that the, is that the reaction of an innocent person? It is not. Imagine that you're Brett Kavanaugh for just a second and imagine you're innocent for just a second. A woman comes forward and accuses you of attempting to rape her nearly 40 years ago. Do you call for an FBI investigation of yourself? Senator Gillibrand, let's say I accuse you here and now of eating human babies. You know, human babies, small, cute, adorable. They're cute. They're cuddly. I accuse you of boiling them, cutting them up, ingesting them along with your eggs benedict each morning. Do you deny it? That's because you don't care about the truth. You say I'm lying. Well, tell it to the FBI. Ask the FBI to investigate because 
If you don't, well, come on, that's not how an innocent person would act, is it? You want an FBI investigation. The real agenda here obviously has nothing to do with whether Brett Kavanaugh actually attempted to sexually assault a girl 36 years ago. It has everything to do with painting a picture, a picture of evil Republican sexists who don't care about women who are sexually abused. Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii simply says that men should shut up and believe the accuser. Yeah, it, yeah, it's remarkable, right? Uh, he's got it right on, of course. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's uh, eating babies, eating babies with your Look, eggs Benedict of New. Maybe we can take what what the the, the previous uh, MSNBC uh, slide whistler was saying. Which she's white and she's elite and she's a woman. Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. And she's eating babies. Where's the <laughs> FBI investigation? She's eating babies. And if you're not calling for one, what right. does that say about yeah, you? You must be guilty. <laughs> she must be guilty because I mean, if people will just pay a few moments of oh real attention right. and run it through their brain a little bit, right. it should be fairly evident of the kangaroo court well, that's going on right now. Dave, you know that I'm originally from New York. Yep. I spent the last two years in New York with my mother because she's she's ill. She's now here with me in uh, Little Rock. Um, so I've seen a little bit more of Gillibrand on television because I've been in New York. I watch the, right. the, the No Choice, by the way, to watch New York <laughs> uh, local television. And uh, there's not a deep bench there. Can I say that? I'm not great yes. with the sports uh, analogies. Well, let me just you say know. there's a much thinner bench in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> it, I, I think they're competing for who has the thinner bench because there's not much going on in either extreme, is there? It's really no. kind of remarkable. This, this, hey, you've been accused of something that you claim you haven't done, so why don't you go and ask the police to investigate it? He, or... Just deny it. Because that's what normal people do. Yeah, that's exactly right. I personally believe that U.S. Americans this is the way are Democrats unable talk. to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as. and <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's Cortez, really. Yeah. That's yeah. her sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, if you want a career working outdoors, serving the community, if you want to make a difference in the community, are you detail-oriented, strive to do the right thing. If you want a career with a leading company and can work with your hands, you thrive in the outdoors, then you need to join PI Roofing. PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. Come build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solution has uh, career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, uh, residential roofing, service division, home solutions division, so you can make a difference and make a difference together as you climb your ladder to success. Apply at piroofing.com or call 501-707-3551. All right, we're down to just a few moments. I want to get a couple of more pieces of... uh, of uh, audio in Mika today, a morning January, mm-hmm. uh, had this to say about all this that is going on with the Kavanaugh allegations. We don't have enough information to draw a conclusion about either of these incidents. Well, what we have are uh, two very serious accusations, and um, and we have. 
two sides to a story that we're trying to cover in Casey Hunt. I think it's not just Twitter. It's it's the media that's in a very serious position right now. Um, and if you watch, you know, 24 hour coverage of the story, you may see four or five analysts in a row being brought on to convict Judge Kavanaugh. Um, there's a need for balance here because the more that you put one side on or if you have a focus group with Republican operatives in it, you know, uh, pushing the other side of the story, there are allegations here. They are not proven. Um, there is the law and there is a push for an investigation. These are the parts that we need to report. But if we're not careful, if the media as a whole is not careful covering the story, we're feeding into that very negative narrative that President Trump himself really uh, drums up in his base, and that is fake news. Right now, all we have are two serious accusations that are not proven. I never thought I'd ever hear Mika say such a thing. It's remarkable. And to be clear, when she says we're feeding into the narrative, no, you're complicit in the narrative. Not her in this instance, to be clear. But those reporters that are just giving one side and coming to the conclusion that Kavanaugh is guilty aren't feeding into a narrative of fake news. They are giving fake news. That's the point. If you just present advocacy particularly without supporting factual basis and a lack of balance, that is fake news. I'm sorry to say it. Thank you, Mika, for at least one day making me know for a fact that the statement that a pro clock strikes the right time twice (laughs) is true. Or as we like to say, even a blind boy will find a truffle every once in a while. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So you got the uh, leader of the Senate coming out, and a lot of people give McConnell a whole lot of guff a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But today, stood in front of a microphone, and here's what he had to say. You've watched the fight. You've watched the tactics. But here's what I want to tell you. In the very near future, Judge Kavanaugh will be on the United States Supreme Court. So, my friends, keep the faith. Don't get rattled by all of this. We're going to plow right through it and do our job. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's I haven't heard him be that straight in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he's telling the base now, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like telling a, a little kid as they go to bed at night, there is no boogeyman underneath mm-hmm. the bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you watch Halloween. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Look, we're going to have the 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 next hearing. What is it? Thursday. Thursday. Right, and then and then they vote. Yeah, let that's me just, how the process. Let works. me just bring this yep. up, Russ. Turn on your microphone. We have not heard from our higher ups in uh, Dallas. Negatory, Tom Trattup. We need you to figure out whether you're going to air these over the network. Yeah, they give. If if, if we can get it off of our network, we sorry, will, Mr. Boyce. I didn't mean to call Tom out. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll bring on. We'll bring on both uh, Ford and Kavanaugh mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on Thursday. That's just the way it, it has to be. We know you want to hear mm-hmm. what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something else. If you listen to it on the radio, you'll get a much better feel for who's the most credible person talking. You go back to the Nixon-Kennedy debate. People who watched that on TV thought Kennedy won because they saw the 5 o'clock shadow that right. uh, Richard Nixon, Nixon had and all yep. that. But uh, you and his sweating that he did under the lights. But if you listen to it on radio, hands down, Nixon won the debate. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how both of those sides kind of kind of work out. 
All right, so uh, maybe we'll know a little bit more uh, come uh, Thursday, I guess, uh, uh, Robert. But let's remember what Mitch McConnell had to say. You've watched the fight. You've watched the tactics. But here's what I want to tell you. In the very near future, Judge Kavanaugh will be on the United States Supreme Court. So, my friends, keep the faith. Don't get rattled by all of this. We're going to plow right through it and do our job. There you go. I, I believe Mitch McConnell on that. I think that they're going to do their well, job. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. This is what he does. He doesn't get caught up in the hysteria, and they'll take a vote, and the result will determine whether or not Kavanaugh is on the court. Playing Here's the other thing. I know he wouldn't say that unless he's talked to every senator and knows exactly how That's they're going to vote. Right. That's probably right. Yeah. He's, he's talked to him and probably has a few Democrats in his hip pocket. He may indeed. Maybe. I really think so. Robert, yep. it's always good to have you around. God bless my Too friend. short, though. Always. Too short. We're going we to have to expand. We may have to expand this to a two-hour segment. We may have to start at four. We'll have to move, uh, you know, the folks at, uh, you know, Conduit yeah. News up to three o'clock to three, and have yeah. you on at four and five. I think maybe that's And do right. that. Because yep. you do such a great job. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. All God right. bless. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Power panel tomorrow. Bible guys tomorrow. All that's on its way. See you at two tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.